Introducing Two Hoots, a bolder, hard iced tea made from sustainably sourced, real brewed tea and lemon flavor. Available in original hard iced tea, zero sugar hard iced tea, and half and half. Don't just give a hoot, give two. Learn more at twohootshardtea.com. Be wise, drink responsibly, all registered trademarks. Used under license by Two Hoots Hard Iced Tea, Chicago, Illinois. Two Hoots Zero Sugar Average Analysis for 12 fluid ounces, 100 calories, 14 grams carbs, 0 grams protein, 0 grams fat. Radio side is started, which means we can officially get Bill WD-40 into the chat room to lube us up for tonight's show, because you always want to go into a show nice and smooth. Sandra Kincaid and Mennonite Abe and the lovely and talented Cat Chaser. Good to see you all here. Okay, we have toothbrush in the chat room, so we can brush our teeth now. That's always a nice, pleasant feeling. And uh, let's see, who else do we have? We are caught up there. Reminder to all of you, the Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. You can also join the Space Travelers Club for as low as $5 a month. The link is below in the the description of the show. Wolverine, Desert Rat, how you guys doing? We got 30 seconds. Remember, we do not have ugly swag. No ugly swag. We got nice swag that you can pick up at spacedoutradio.com. Dirty Filth, are you coming in? <clears throat> you coming in? Or do you have to towel off first after a hard night of work? There's Bill. How you doing, Bill? Good to see you. We got five seconds. You know what I need you to do? Do me the favor. Horns up. Let's rock. the mountains of central british columbia to you listening around the world this my friends is spaced out radio i am your host dave scott sitting in the captain's chair of sor headquarters we welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live at kpnl all of our archives are free join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and join us on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. A power show of paranormal tonight. Matthew Hale is with us to tell about his personal encounters with ghosts and UFOs. Then in hour number three, Steve Stockton joins us with another creepy story. It's Dave 101 night. Robin Haynes will be here for the Cryptid Report and Strange News of the Week. Matthew Hale is from Maryland, near Gettysburg, in the general area of the famous Sykesville monster that the legendary Lon Strickler saw in the 1980s. He has grown up in Maryland and lived there all of his life. He's a software consultant for a top fortune, top tech company in the United States. But it's the secret side that he has that interests him the most. 
He's had multiple paranormal experiences throughout his life, as well as UFO sightings. Ever since Michael or Matthew was a young lad, he always felt deep down that he was something more than this mysterious. There was something more to this mysterious universe and life than most other people even talk about. We're going to find out about his story right now. Matthew Hale, welcome to Spaced Out Radio for the first time. How you doing? Doing well, Dave. How are you? I am very well, man. And, you know, one of the things that I love about doing this show, it's great to have the experts. It's great to have the deep researchers. It's great to have the television stars. But in the end, to me, my favorite part about doing this show is bringing on experiencers who've had firsthand encounters with the unknown. And this is why I know tonight is going to be a great show, my man. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. You have guests on all the time that totally blow my mind that I learn about that I never knew about before. So I really appreciate it, your show and having me on. You have had experiences since childhood. Yeah. So, so what uh, is... Well, yeah, I would say look, late childhood, early teenage years, yeah. Well, childhood nonetheless. Yeah. What was that like growing up, having to have these experiences? Well, they weren't frequent. You know, I didn't grow up in a haunted house or anything to that extreme, like, you know, some people might have gone through. But, uh, you know, through my whole life, I kind of always felt there was something there in my younger childhood. I was always fascinated by, um, you know, the paranormal, you know, uh, uh, you know, movies, you know, all that kind of stuff, even though they scared me as a kid. I still was drawn to them for some reason. Um, and just always felt like there was something else out there, you know, despite, you know, what you're you know, your parents tell you when you're growing up, you know, that, you know, there's no monsters under the closet and, you know, anything like that. You know, I just knew that there was something to that, you know, um, and it really wasn't until I was about, uh, you know, 10 or 11 or so when I had my first experience. And, and, and it, you know, it's wild because it, when that experience happened, I didn't even think it was paranormal. And, and it wasn't until later in life, uh, early adulthood about 20 when I had an experience that slapped me in the face so hard, it made me realize that, you know, that experience I had back when I was younger was real. So what happened? So I'll start out with what cha really changed my life first and then go back to that first one. Cause that was the one that really, really impacted my life. Um, it was just like any other night I was at my parents' house. I still lived with my parents at that time. This was back in like 2009, I believe. Uh, just went, you know, it was like uh, 3 a.m., uh, 3.30 a.m., something like that. Normal time I would go to bed at that time. Um, I've always been kind of a, a late night owl and like that. And But I worked at a, a hotel back then. And so I, I normally stayed up pretty late and worked the evening shifts. And so it was just part of my normal routine. And I was about to go to bed and um, got up to let the dog out and um, went out the back door. Um, and as soon as I opened the door and I, before I had even shut it, I could hear in the woods behind our house, something walking in the woods and, and nothing paranormal is on my mind at this point. I'm thinking, oh, you know, it's, it's a deer or a fox or something. All I knew was it was something big because it wasn't making it like a scampering kind of noise. It was a slow, steady pattern you know, in the dry leaves in the woods that you hear something is out there, 
you know, and, but it's too dark. You can't see anything. And um, so I thought, you know, it's a big animal deer, maybe, um, you know, we don't have, you know, grizzlies or cougars down here like you have up there, uh, but we do have some fox. We have deer. Um, not even black bear would come down that far. I've moved to an area where there is some, but now, but even down in that area where I used to be uh, closer to the bay, Chesapeake Bay, there was no black bear. It was like, they've been long gone. And so I, I just was expecting maybe a, a burglar, burglar sheds. And, but so I just stood there quietly. And I, I, my first concern was my dog. I was like, my dog was very territorial of the yard. She was, um, she would chase off anybody that came near the fence. Um, it was a fenced in backyard. So that was my first concern. You know, nothing paranormal of any sort was on my mind. And it's, I guess this kind of times that when stuff like this happens, you know, when you're least expecting it. And I, all of a sudden those footsteps stopped and I'm just sitting there watching my dog standing beside me watching. We're looking out into these dark woods. And um, all of a sudden this little tiny light appears about three feet off the ground, about three feet just outside the fence line. So it was about 20, 25 yards from me, not real far, but not real close, but close enough that you could, you could see what was going on. And this little tiny light appeared. It was like the size of a marble, a little white light. And then all of a sudden it started growing bigger and bigger and bigger until it got about the size of a basketball. It was just huge. It, I mean, it was just, and even still at this point, you know, I'm thinking, oh, it's somebody with one of these fancy LED lanterns out there. You know, I'm still not, it's not, still not registering to me, you know, that something strange is happening here. And because um, I'd never had anything so in your face like this. And, it, and the first thing happens exactly what I was worried about. My dog goes running after it charging full steam ahead she runs to the other end of the deck where the stairs are jumps off the stairs and as she's doing this simultaneously this light it flickers or i don't know how to explain it, it like flickers or sparkles or something and then it rapidly just shrinks down into nothing it doesn't turn off it doesn't like disappear it shrinks down into nothingness until it's gone and um it's gone before she gets to the fence line and she gets that fence line within like two seconds of that thing being gone. And she's up on her hind legs on the fence looking around. And it's one of those types of fences you can see through. It's like a fence that has three wood posts across it, but it's got like the chicken wire. So you can still see through it. And she's up on her hind legs and she's looking around like she doesn't see what was just literally less than two meters away from her. And she's looking around like, where did this thing go? And so I'm now like wondering what is going on. So I run over to the corner of my deck where we have these, you know, motion sensor lights that have these like big flood flashlights. Uh, I wave my hand in front of the motion sensor and man, it lights up that whole area and there is nothing there. I mean, there is nothing. And, you know, even if something was really fast, I would have heard it run away. I mean, it was dry leaves everywhere on the ground. So there's no way it could have gotten away. And and I just literally stood there for, it hadn't been a long time, 10, 15 minutes afterwards, just staring. Big decisions require research. So if your teenager is considering a decision as big as joining the military, they're doing their homework. You can too, by visiting todaysmilitary.com because their success tomorrow begins with your support today.
Tuesdays, there's this new drama on NBC that has true crime fans buzzing. It's called Found and stars Shinola Hampton as Gabby, the leader of an elite team of vigilantes. Their mission, find missing people the system ignores. Oh, and P.S. Gabby was kidnapped as a child, so every case is personal. There's literally no line she won't cross, including holding her former kidnapper captive and making him help her solve cases. Shinola Hampton and Mark Paul Gossler star in Found, Tuesdays on NBC. Thinking something's got to pop out from behind the tree. Something's got to pop out. But nothing was there. And, and it just totally just, just blew my world open. And like, we have no idea what's going on in this universe. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, you know, and I've seen orbs like that where they have come in, they've grown, and then they just disappear right in front of your eyes. I mean, as you see this happening, I mean, you've got a, a couple things going on. You're, you're dumbfounded by this by this orb, but at the same time, you're worried about your dog's safety. You know, yeah. I mean, I can just imagine what that was like. Yeah, it was it was scary because, you know, I thought, oh, I'm going to have to break up a fight between this burglar and this my dog. You know, I'm thinking, I hope they don't have a gun. If, she, if they don't have a gun... We're good. Even if they got a knife, she, they're going to run so scared because she she would bark pretty uh, viciously <laughs> uh, to pretty scare off pretty much anybody. But yeah, it was it was intense. Yeah. Oh wow, wow. Yeah. So so how old were you when this happened? So I was about twenty. Uh, I think it was about twenty or twenty one. Um, so I was you know well into college age, uh, and and you know like I said before, I always thought something was there, but to see it you know right in front of your face where it's not like a shadow out of the corner of your eye, it's it's something that smacks you in your face. It's there for like a straight you know whole minute almost. You know, it's undeniable. You just can't deny it. Right, right. Now, yeah. had you ever seen orbs like that before? Not before that, no. Um, I did see uh, something else very, uh, very similar that I would probably classify similar to an orb at, that I think happened, if I recall correctly, with less than a year after that. I think it might have been just a few months later. But just before we go to that, this, this, this experience, I'm not even really sure what the heck this thing was because the weird thing is that's tied into this is the following summer after that or spring after that, so like six months later, there was a, a newspaper article in the news that the county uh, had found that there was a Civil War lieutenant colonel. Yeah, lieutenant colonel who was buried in it and listed the name of our, my town. And I'm like, whoa, where was this at? I look at the street address. It is the street right behind my house, less than oh, 100, no yard, 100 yards from my house. There was a Civil War lieutenant colonel buried there all that time. We lived there and we had no idea. And just months before I had seen that, that, you know, entity or whatever it was. Now, growing up near Gettysburg, you know, the legends, the lore and everything that goes along with that. And I, yeah. you know, I, I can honestly say it's on my bucket list to go not to investigate because I don't want to be that paranormal investigator who slams areas like that and then, you know, goes there myself. But just yeah. to feel the mystique and the history yeah. of everything, I think would be really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, well, it is so, a cool place. You know, I've actually never went there as a child. Um, we, you know, we lived only a, you know, hour and a half from it, and um, we never went there. I don't know why. Uh, it's just, I guess, wasn't my parents' thing. But I've been there uh, three, four times uh, since I've moved closer to it now. Um, it's less than an hour away now, and and it's. Um, 
it's a really fascinating place that has an energy about it. That's it's just it's great going into all the shops and and, you know, you go into those old buildings and they just have that old smell and, and that feeling and you can just feel the history there, you know, even if you don't have an experience. It's, it's really yeah. amazing. That's what I was going to ask you about that is is going there and feeling that experience and having that, that you know, enlightenment, knowing that it's haunted, knowing that there's spirits there, because I'm pretty sure that entire area, even living an hour and a half away, was something that would really, you know, spark a lot of spirit activity. Yeah, I think a lot of what a lot of people don't realize, especially people outside the uh, United States or really even people outside the state or this area don't realize is it's not just Gettysburg. There was, you know, many, many other Civil War uh, battles, you know, in the area um, that were very bloody as well um, in this area. And, you know, our state, Maryland, is called the old line state because we were literally the line, the battleground between north and south. And so there was battles everywhere around here. Yeah. Did you often, even to today, do you still get spirits from that time coming by? Sometimes I wonder because, uh, you know, we, I live in a, a totally different house now. And, and even though um, this is not an old house or anything like that, I've had lived in this house since 2016. Um, and um, it's never had any, any experience until in this house until, uh, a little over a year ago, it something really wild started happening here. And w- there were several things that happened and within like a two, three month period. But then the weirdest thing is ever since then, it, it, it just stopped. And so I wonder if something was passing through during that time. Yeah, no kidding. I'd yeah. be wondering, I'd be wondering about that, too, you know, yeah. in, in regards to everything. So for you, when did you decide that you wanted to do something about it? You wanted to get into the paranormal and learn more about all of this? That's a great question. You know, I, I've i watched, you know, paranormal shows uh, pretty much as, since they've been on cable TV. You know, when the original Ghost Hunters came out, um, you know, back in the early 2000s or mid-2000s, you know, I watched those shows. You know, I... I didn't watch them religiously, but I watched them anytime I saw it was on. I watched it. And um, and ever since that show came out, I've pretty much regularly watched uh, all types of paranormal shows. And then it was, you know, it was more of a casual kind of interest up until about 2020. uh, And I guess it was the pandemic. You know, Uh, everybody's sitting around their house. They got nothing to do. Everything's closed down, locked down. You know, I wasn't able to go into the office anymore. I was working from home and, um, you know, just had more free time on my hands. And I, you know, I, I decided, you know, I'm going to start looking into this more. And so I started, um, that's when I really started listening to podcasts regularly and started to buy a few books and researching it and, and, and listening to other people's experiences and really getting into it. And it's really um, become almost like, um, almost an addiction. Like I always want more knowledge of it. You know, it's just always on the cusp of more knowledge. Tell our listeners out there what it's like to learn how to become a ghost hunter or a, a seeker of knowledge regarding anything of the phenomena. Man, it's, it's, it keeps you on the edge, you know, um, you know, I've not been on any professional ghost hunting investigations, but you know, I've when you're all, when you're always researching and learning more and going to new places and exploring new places, 
you know, it, it's always like there's a mystery out there that you're, you know, you're, you're out there trying to find. And, um, you know, I don't think we'll ever get all the answers. And, and that's part of the fun in itself is, is part of the search, you know, the process of getting answers and learning more. And, and that's a big one for me is, you know, we're all on the, this mission and all of our missions are different. And those different missions are are wherever the phenomena seems to take us, and wherever the phenomena seems to to you know enlighten us or trick us or or something along those lines. I remember talking on on Facebook today uh, that something about that Grant Cameron, the famed UFO researcher, had posted about the phenomena. And there was a couple people there, well, you know, talking about the UFO phenomenon. No, it's, you know, one of the big things for me to learn was that it wasn't just about the UFO phenomena. The phenomena is everything. The phenomena is what pushes us, which teaches us, which scares us, which tricks us. It's a little bit yeah. of everything. It's it's extremely godly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I it's hard to even know what to categorize what. I mean... It seems like everything just blurs together. Um, you know, when when you start watching uh, these sh paranormal shows and hearing other people's experiences, you start to think, oh, well, these, these different categories. But it, it really just seems to all blur together sometimes, especially when you've had different experiences, seen a UFO or two. And when you've seen, you know, an orb or shadow figure, you know, it just really starts. Where's, where does the line end and begin? You know? Yeah, very true. Very true. And for you, you know, as you are still technically kind of new over all of this, when when you go and talk to people about this or when you study or for people out there who are thinking about getting involved, maybe they want to try out ghost hunting and there's nothing wrong with that. What advice do you have for people as a relative newbie in learning this? Because I like the way that you have really delved into the history of, of everything. You're not just relying on television. Television may have brought the interest, but you're you're trying to learn what's going on yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm really trying to just keep an open mind. I think that's important uh, when doing this is keeping an open mind. Um, to listen to everybody. Don't discount anyone's experience. You know, Years ago, I mean, before I really had uh, uh, any serious experience, um, before that experience with that orb, I would have, you know, written off all kinds of people's stories and said, you know, maybe they were mistaken, maybe, but you really shouldn't because, I mean, once you see this stuff for your stuff for yourself, um, you know, it's wild. And so, if you keep that in mind, uh, to to just imagine and pretend everybody's story is real because. If it is, that just tells you how careful you need to be, even if you're not going on a ghost hunt, if you're just going on a haunted tour, or if you're just going to a haunted place to explore, it's not even a tour. Like, for example, Gettysburg, you can go and shop at those places and, um, you know, it's not even a tour. You're just going into these old buildings. We went there once. Walter Brown here for Ocean's Behavioral Hospital in Biloxi. October is National Substance Abuse Prevention Month. Kim? Substance abuse affects millions in the United States, yet more than 93% go without treatment. Substance abuse doesn't discriminate based on age, gender, race, or economics, but neither does recovery. The road to wellness is possible at any stage, and we believe everyone deserves support, compassion, and treatment. For more information, visit OceansBiloxi.com. Hear that? 
That's the sound of your money slacking. Make it work harder for you at Sunbelt Federal Credit Union. Featuring high-yield certificates of deposit with just a $500 minimum deposit. Like 10 months with 5.27% annual percentage yield. And 18 months with 5.33% annual percentage yield. Visit your nearest Sunbelt branch or go to sunbeltfcu.org. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. Before, and um, we uh, just went shopping and we came back to the house. And, you know, it was that evening after we came back and we were back at home and we we're getting ready for bed. Uh, me and my girlfriend and we're in bed and we're, we're about watching some TV and all of a sudden our cat gets up at the end of the bed and, and she just starts looking, looking around in the, in, in the corner of the ceiling and there's nothing up there. There's no fly. There's no picture up there. There's nothing. There's no shadow, anything. And just sitting there like looking around, like something's moving in that corner, like just, you know, intently focused. And what are the chances that she would do that? You know, the same night I came back from Gettysburg when I've only been there a few times before, which I've never seen her do that before, um, except for like one time since then. It just seems so strange. And, and it makes you realize that you could catch uh, what you call a hitchhiker, you know, when you're not even trying to investigate or, you know, you're just exploring. Well, very true. And what do you, yeah. with, with 90 seconds to go here before we go to break at the bottom of the hour, what do you like to explore? Oh, man, uh, just about anything. Um, you know, a lot of, I guess, uh, people new to the field, they'd like to explore uh, graveyards. To me, that doesn't really, you know, interest me. I, the concept I I think about those is, you know, why would a, you know, a, a you know, somebody who passed away want to hang out at their grave site, you know, unless maybe their loved ones are visiting or something. I can't imagine why, you know, they would want to hang out there unless it's a darker entity or something. And you really don't want to mess with something like that. But it, pretty much anything that's got a lot of history, honestly, or any any place that's got a lot of reports, you know, I love investigating anything of that type or category. Right on. And, and, you know, the main thing is for a lot of people is even though it's a serious thing to do, you do have to be able to find the fun in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got to carry some positive energy with you, too, because if you're if you're afraid also, you know, while you're doing this kind of thing, you know, you know, you're just going to attract something negative towards you and increase that chances that something could follow you home. Yeah. And that that's a big one. And And once again, the message to people is this. Go out and ghost hunt. Go out and have some fun. Okay? Don't think you're going to be the next television star or radio star or whatever. But, like, I'm not a ghost hunter. When I go out looking for ghosts at the museum or elsewhere, I do it for the fun. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And you're allowed to do it. All right? You're allowed to do whatever you want and, and go give it a try. Hey, uh, Matt, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. We are going to go to break here. At the bottom of the hour, Matthew Hale is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. We're talking all things paranormal, supernatural, and maybe we'll dabble in a little bit of UFOs and aliens later on in the show. Spaced Out Radio continues with a little bit of paranormal leading up to Halloween in just a few weeks. We will be right back on the Mighty SOR. My name is Dave Scott. Stay stay tuned. All right, we're clear, man. Cool. Still coming through okay? Oh, yes. Sounding great. Sounding great. Just be a little bit more descriptive, okay? Yeah, absolutely. That would be great. 
Hey, W. David Page, how you doing? Who else has joined us here late? Mm-hmm. We're good there. Good there. Having fun so far? Yeah, man, it's a good time, good time. So it's so much to talk about. It's almost like two two hours is not enough sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right. Not now. It's awesome. That is awesome. What are you guys going squatching again? Oh, I don't squatch. No, I never squatch. <laughs> I go looking for Bigfoot. <laughs> Um, probably, geez, I mean, this weekend I'm out of town, next weekend I'm going to go, next weekend, 14th, yeah, next weekend I'm going to go to her. So, it'll probably be three weeks from now. Um, and then from there, um, we may only have another couple visits out there because we're getting into the season where, um, well, let's see. Do you see more activity during certain seasons? I Right now we see activity. Okay. Right now. Do you think they, they migrate during seasons? I, I don't know. I can't figure out this spot. This spot hmm. has a lot of weird, weird stuff going on. I would love yeah. to take 20, 30 investigators out to this spot and just go crazy there for about four or five days. Wow. And it's it's either really dead, which is weird, or there's other things going on, whether it's orbs in the trees, whether it's uh, UFOs. Um, there's just a lot of stuff that I, I would I would really uh, that I would really like to get uh, about you know twenty thirty people out there one day. Yeah. Yeah. And just that would be that would be fascinating to have that many people all searching yeah, and kind of I, I going mean, different directions. Even ten, you know, even ten, you know, that way, um, that way, uh, we are, um, um, how can I, um, say this? Do you think you would split up or separate? Well, or? I think if we went into teams, like teams of five. Hey, Gee, how you doing? There's one of my guys right there. Uh, but I think if, if we like split into like teams of five or, or whatever, we could, we could really do a lot of movement during the day and and then, and then uh, at night kind of huddle in and let them come for us. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I mean, there's one corner there. It's kind of shaped like a pizza slice. That's just, it's weird. It's weird on that corner, and then there's this other area that's kind of been plowed through, and that area is weird. Like, that is strange. Yeah, it's. Hard. Yeah, I'm jealous. I, I I've seen a lot of stuff with some shadow figures, UFOs, everything. As cryptid is the one thing I've not seen. 
It's wild. It changes you, man. Yeah, I bet. Like even yeah, even seeing like even seeing a footprint. Hey, yeah. Mr. Cowley, how you doing? Sweet Robbie G, what's happening, man? Yeah, I need to just go take like an, an hour trip out west. Uh, those woods that Blonde Strickler was talking about, Michaud, uh for state or state forest. Uh, that's a big hot spot for him, supposedly. There's a lot of hot spots. It's just a matter of getting the evidence right. And, right. and, you know, right place, I, right time too. I want to, if I'm going to do something like that, or if I would ever do something like that, I want to bring in the right people. Uh, yeah. I don't want to bring in squatchers because I automatically <laughs> know that if they use the word squatch, that they're not there to find <laughs> anything proper. Um, I, I don't want to bring in a lot of nuts and bolts people or flesh and blood people yeah. because I think, um, I think it's um, it's too old fashioned. Well, if you're going to be narrow minded, you yeah, know, yeah, it's going to hurt the point. research. You know, yeah. sometimes I wonder if, you know, I used hold, to hunt with my grandfather. Hold on right there, buddy. We're coming oh. back here. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on Patreon, where we have the Space Travelers Club. We continue on with Matthew Hale, experiencer, researcher of the paranormal and supernatural, coming out of the beautiful state of Maryland. What's happening, Matthew? Not much, man. Just having a good time with you. So while everybody's out on the weekend watching college football... You're out there trying to find ghosts, ghouls, goblins, and UFOs. What the hell's yeah, wrong with yeah. you, man? <laughs> I'm not, I don't know. I guess I just like to be on the edge. But I, I spend most of my time really just researching it, you know, more than going out there. Um, but, you know, I just just find it so fascinating that we can just, you know, learn so much about this world and, you know, and delve into topics that, you know, your everyday person is not going to delve into. Um, and, and it's really a shame because it, there's really so much to, to learn. And, you know, I've never really been uh, a huge uh, person into sports, but it, it's just that next thing that you're going to find, you know. Achieve your financial goals with Sunbelt Federal Credit Union, which is a $500 minimum deposit. You can access high-yield certificates. 10 months with 5.27% annual percentage yield or 18 months with 5.33% annual percentage yield. Visit your nearest Sunbelt Federal Credit Union location and learn more at sunbeltfcu.org. That's sunbeltfcu.org. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. 
If you're interested in learning music but feel like your life is just too hectic, then try Berkeley Online. Berkeley Online is the most flexible way to study the renowned curriculum at Berkeley College of Music from anywhere in the world and on your own schedule. Berkeley Online offers more than 250 music courses. Visit bol.education to try a free sample lesson. When you're ready to enroll, you'll receive a 10% discount on your first non-degree course or certificate with a coupon code LEARN. bol.education. Learn music with Berkeley from anywhere. And and it's just, you know, so fascinating to see, you know, what you never know what to expect, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. You know, it's kind of like, you know, some people are into true crime. Some people are into all types of stuff. But I guess it's kind of like true crime in a sense, you know, where you're you're always looking for the next thing um, to learn, to, to, to figure out, to solve or discover, you know. No, I can I can understand that. You know, there is something about the mysteries that very much push us in that direction. You know, yeah. like for me, I love the mystery. I love the feeling. Like when we were out in the forest, my buddy Mike, who's in the chat room right now, yeah. when we were out in the forest on Saturday night, it's pitch black, can't see a thing. The moon finally comes up and we're looking around and we noticed that you know, it, it seems between 8 o'clock and 10.30 is when things happen. Then right after that, things disappear, and the action wow. seems to stop. Why is that? We pushed yeah. until midnight. We sat there for an hour and a half twiddling our thumbs, you know? Yeah. I mean, what what do you do in those times, and why are you doing it? And But it's that fear factor, that, that yeah. rush that you get from yeah. just being out there in the environment yeah. that anything can happen at any time. It's kind of like, you know, if you go into a, a haunted house where you know there's spirits in there and you come around that that corner and next thing you know, you see the lady of the house rocking in the rocking chair yeah, and disappears right in front of you. That's the rush. That's the feeling of awesomeness. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good feeling when, you know, you get to see or experience something. Um, Like I said, it always happens when you're least expecting it. You know, I've done um, some real estate work and um, I would uh, show houses sometimes. And so you would go over people's houses. You have you don't know the people Um, if you if you're doing it for another uh, real estate agent uh, uh, as a favor, you might host a house open. You don't even know these people. You're just going into their house. You're going around every single room. You're turning on all the lights and everything. And there was this one house, um, and, you know, uh, that I went over. And, you know, last thing, of course, the last thing on my mind is the paranormal or anything strange happening. And I just go in there. And I've done this a million times before, you know, going into a house that I didn't know, turn all the lights, get ready, you know, to have hold an open house. And, and there was just something about this house. There was some sort of feeling about it, you know, um, it was strange. Um, it, it just had a like a presence to it. And um, I guess, uh, you know, this house wasn't super old, but it was, you know, probably about 40 or 50 years old. And and it just had a presence about it. It just felt ominous, like something was watching. And um, I didn't really think much about it. I just thought, oh, you know, I'm just kind of rushing. I'm not, you know, just, just being nervous, trying to get ready in time for, you know, the uh, people to show up. And, and I, I went down into the basement and... Um, I swear when I was going down in that basement, uh, you know, I was going down the steps real fast. And, you know, when you're going down the steps and those, your pants kind of swoosh together, 
Well, all of a sudden I heard like a noise, a fabric kind of noise that was not, you know, of my clothes moving. It was clear as day. It was a totally different sound. And it sounded like it was coming from right around the corner of the basement. And I had to go down there after hearing that noise to turn on the lights still, you know, to get ready for people. And I was starting to wonder, I'd stopped on the stairs like, oh man, is somebody in here, you know, you know, squatting, you know, sometimes you get people in these houses, especially if they're vacant that aren't supposed to be in there. And, um, but sure enough, I went down there, there was nobody down there. And, and I was just spooked out the rest of that day in there. It was, it was wild. Yeah, I can totally see where that would amazingly be a little bit freaky and a little bit spooky all at the same time. You know, when you are going into a, you know, an area where there's ghosts and supernatural, what do you prepare yourself for? What do you do? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit on the spiritual side and a little bit on the religious side. You know, I, I, I do pray, you know, I, I pray daily. I always, you know, uh, pray to keep myself safe. And I think, you know, no matter what your belief or, or religion or spirituality is, I think it's very, very important to, you know, stay grounded with being in t- touch with your spiritual side or your religious side, because, you know, I think that is a big, big thing that does protect you. I mean, there's so many, so many, you know, cases and, you know, experiences of just people really, you know, being attacked or just having some sort of hostile entity or, or experience that really helps them just praying and having some sort of object also to focus your energy to, whether it's a, a crystal or a, a cross or whatever your religious or spiritual item is. I think it's really important to have that because that uh, experience I had here in my house, I think that's part of the reason why it had left because um, whatever had came and however it came here, it it seemed to have left not, I think within the same day or within a week of me literally calling it out and, and saying a prayer out loud and telling it to leave and that this is my house and, and asserting that I'm not afraid of it. That's very true. That's very yeah. true. Are, are you afraid of attachments? Are you afraid of, of bringing something home with you or, or being attacked spiritually? I'm not really afraid of attachment. I, you know, I wouldn't go to these places if I was afraid of it. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, it's just a part of the, the game, you know, or part part of the work, uh, you know, just doing this is just kind of a small risk that you have to take. But I think if you take the right precautions, I think you're fine. And, you know, even if something like that does happen, there is, you know, things you can do uh, to, to help rid you of any attachment, you know, uh, prayer or, you know, whatever spiritual uh, uh, ritual or belief that you believe in. There's a lot of lot of evidence to show that uh, all types of uh, you know spiritual rituals or prayers can help. Yeah, that's very true. So when you go into a location, are you working with it? Do you have your own team, or do you prefer working individually? Oh no, not, I don't have my own team. Uh, but you know, I just usually explore uh, on my own or with my partner. We we go places together. You know, sometimes she's a little more on the. Uh, afraid side i would say but you know um she still goes she's fast she's one of those people that you know she's very fascinated by it and loves it and 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 enjoys every minute of it but she 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 is you know you know scared of that attachment of bringing something home because while she enjoys going out and doing stuff it's you know when it's in your own house it's a total different ball game when it's you know it's 
you know, who knows, you know, it's watching you while you're doing your everyday stuff, you know, showering or whatever, you know, it's watching you, you know, it's in your house. Who knows when it's watching. That is very true. Tell us a story about an encounter you've had. So I've had so many, I'm trying to think, I guess I'll go with the most recent one, you know, the one that happened in my house. Um, It's really a series of incidents um, that had occurred. Um, and I still have no idea to this day how they occurred. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, I've still not gotten to the bottom of that, but you know, it was just one day, you know, I was alone. Um, my girlfriend was out of town visiting some family and, um, taking care of some family stuff. And I was, uh, it was the first time I had lived in this house, you know, for several weeks by myself, you know, alone. I had, we had always lived here together, uh, since then. And so no big deal, you know? Um, and it was only like like two weeks after she had been gone one day, I'm just laying in bed, getting ready for bed. And, um, you know, I just get this feeling something is watching me from the hallway and I've never had that feeling before. And like, something's out there, you know, the hallway's dark, the light's not off. You can't see out there, but the door's cracked, you know, or actually the door was wide open first. And it just felt like something was out there. And I was like, I got to close that door. So I closed it most of the way, um, you know, so the cat could still get in and out. But, you know, I just had that feeling. And then a few days after that, maybe a week or two after that, it wasn't long. I'm in the shower, you know, just showering. I'm facing the shower head. And um, I was washing my face or my hair. And um, out of the left side of my vision. It wasn't peripheral vision. It was in my regular vision, but kind of over to the left of my vision. Um, I saw this like shadow figure. Um, and it wasn't like one of those shadow things you see out of your peripheral light. It's like for a split second. I mean, it was very plain and obvious that something was just outside the glass door. It was a shower glass door. That's kind of foggy or, um, got a film over it. So you can't see outside, beyond except for you know the colors and shapes of things but you can't make out detail but it was you know just as clear as day this pillar of shadow maybe about a foot wide but i and i couldn't tell how tall it was because it moved so fast and i couldn't tell if it had a rounded head or a squared off top or what but it was just like a pillar of a shadow figure just moved so quick around the corner And, you know, even when that happened, even though I knew, you know, the paranormal was real, I still had that doubt in me, you know, um, that it was real, um, you know, because you still doubt yourself even when you know it's real. And um, I still was like, ah, you know, it's probably nothing, probably just my eyes playing tricks on me. And despite having that feeling, you know, a a week or so ago before that, and then it was about a week or two again after that. Actually, I think it was less than I think it was like two or three days after that. I was in the shower again. And um, this time I was like on one foot washing my other foot and I'm like facing. So I'm like looking for a unique New York City adventure. Check out Summit One Vanderbilt, a completely immersive experience located in the sky of Midtown Manhattan. Awaken your senses in a boundless room of mirrors reflecting the skyline. Bring out your inner child with hundreds of floating reflective orbs. Ignite your sense of adventure on a glass bottom ledge dangling 1,100 feet above Madison Avenue. You've never felt anything like this before. Come experience the wonder for yourself. Buy tickets at summitov.com. We made USAA insurance to help you save. 
Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at usaa.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Like bent over, facing the shower wall with the glass door to my back. And it was it was wild. I still can't even believe to this day this happened. It's like as if somebody, some extremely, extremely huge, huge person came up behind me and cast a shadow over top of me. And there was a huge shadow over the wall in front of me. And I couldn't see where it began or where it ended. And um, immediately I was like confused. Like I'm thinking, what in the world? And right as I'm about to turn around, it literally goes away. It like, and it doesn't just like turn out or go away. Like I could see the edge of it move away extremely fast. And um, I turn around and and there's nothing there. And, And that told me, Oh no, something is here. You know, something's in the house. You know, it was undeniable at that point. And I was just like, this is, <laughs> this is the last thing I wanted, you know, to, to, for something to come into the house, you know? And, um, so I'm like, Oh man, I was like, this is, what am I going to do? So, you know, I, I didn't really think about it and, and, uh, you know, I was a little stressed about it at first, but then I was like, well, we'll just see what happens, you know? Then a few nights later, again, I'm coming down the stairs um, to get a, a snack or a drink before bed or something, and and um, and I was listening to something on my cell phone, and it was um, you know playing over the speaker, not earbuds, and um, and I heard a noise, what sounded exactly like a growl, and I'm like, I, I paused my phone immediately, and I'm like, did I really just hear that? It had stopped before my phone uh, was paused, and I was like, oh, it's probably, you know, it's probably just, you know, somebody with a motorcycle or something riding by in the distance. You know, I live in kind of a suburban area, uh, outskirts of the suburban area, but still a suburban area. So there, you know, there's motorcycles and cars with loud exhausts that go by. And so there again, I was doubting myself again, you know, and and I go around the corner and, you know, always trying to find, you know, a reasonable explanation and, and leave the paranormal as the last resort, you know. Um, and so I still was like, eh, it's probably just a motorcycle. And I go to fill up my water at the, at the refrigerator and I'm sitting there with the refrigerator water dispenser and I'm filling my water. And I just noticed all of a sudden to my right, there's a little ball of a shadow on the floor. Uh, and it's like, just, it's weird. It's just a ball, a ball, but it's a shadow casting on the ground. And then I realized if a shadow is to my right, I mean, it must mean there's something to my left casting that shadow. And, and, and but it took me a while to register that at least three four seconds and I'm looking at this shadow and it's just floating there and it was weird like it was fuzzy around the edges the shadow was fuzzy around the edges and it had like a little stem at the bottom like a balloon or something it was the weirdest looking thing and then um, all of a sudden it just the shadow went away and I turn around and look and there's nothing there and I'm like you've got to be kidding me I'm like I'm like, at first I heard this growl, which I thought was a motorcycle. Now this, you know, I saw the two shadows in the bathroom the other day. I'm like, this is, this is escalating. This is getting, you know, it's like creeping up on me, uh, just following me around, basically trying to intimidate me, whatever this thing is. And so I just spoke out loud. Uh, You know, I just said, I know you're there. I saw you. I can hear you. And you don't scare me because I believe in God and I know you can't hurt me. And literally, I swear, literally two, three seconds after I said that, 
I heard this noise, which I've never heard attributed to the paranormal before. And I didn't even think it was paranormal until I had to uh, explain my, uh, this experience to somebody else. And they had asked about it without me even telling them, but I heard this noise. It was like a plastic noise, like, um, like somebody crumpling, like bubble, uh, popping bubbles, uh, on plastic or, um, you know, crinkling some sort of plastic cellophane or something. And it was just so like one or two second sound. And then it was quiet. And I was like, what was that? You know? And, uh, you know, I just went about my regular night, the rest of the night. And, um, really ever since then, I have not visually seen a single thing in this house since that day, since I basically told it, this is my house. I'm not afraid of you. Um, you can't be in this house because it's my house and I know you can't harm me. So you might as well just leave. Um, so it definitely helps to assert, you know, that you're not afraid of it and show it that, you know, you'll do whatever you need to do to get it to go away basically. Right. So, so when you have action like that, how do you deal with it? Because a lot of people, they'll try and run away. They'll maybe move houses, not go back for a while. How do you try and deal with it? That's a great question, man. I mean, you're right. I mean, I guess your typical person really is, um, you know, get really scared. You know, if something like that happens to them, my girlfriend's definitely one of those people, you know. <laughs> she's not even had, hardly had an experience, but she's terrified of something like that happening to her. You know, and when she came back, you know, I told her about those things that happened and she thought, oh, you're just exaggerating. There's nothing in our house. And like I said, I haven't seen anything visually since then. But the funny thing is, is that when she came back, I think it did this to like show her, oh, yes, I was here or I am here. Is uh, We were laying in bed one night, or I was crawling into bed, and she had been asleep. But because I was crawling into bed, I kind of woke her up a little bit, disturbed her sleep. And as I got in bed, I literally heard three scratches on what sounded like a wall or cardboard or something. And we had a cardboard box in our room. And it just, it was as clear as day. It was just like, real slow like that. And you're like, what, what kind of normal physics thing could make a noise like that? You know, um, you know, I've, I've had a mouse in my house before. I know what they sound like, you know, they sound like a little scampering or gnawing in the wall. It doesn't sound like giant claws on a wall or something scratching a wall. And, and at first I thought, Oh, it's the cat, you know, pawing at the wall or the box or something, trying to get food or attention or something. And then I realized, Oh, she's laying in bed right beside me. And I went, Oh no. And that's when I, I nudged her beside me and was like, did, did you hear that? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, that was not the cat. And then she lifted her head immediately and looked around and looked over beside me. And sure enough, the cat was laying right beside me. And she was just like, go to sleep. I don't want to know about it. You know, she just, the one, you know, kind of person plugged their ears, closed their eyes. They don't want to know about it. So you're right. You know, there's a lot of people who, they just want to tune it out. They, they're scared of it. They'll run away or they'll ignore it. They'll deny it. And I don't know, I guess the best way that I, I deal with it is it, because I'm so curious by it and fascinated by it, um, that it, it scares me, you know, less, you know, than a typical person. You know, I, I, I investigate it. I stand my ground or ask, try to engage with it, you know, um, because it's, it's fascinating you're sitting there engaging with something that science says doesn't even exist. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, skeptics aside on what exists and what doesn't, 
I mean, when somebody has an experience like like your girlfriend or yourself, where you're you're in one of these places and you're you're trying to maybe bait them out in a polite way, or or you're trying to to really make life happen for an experience, how often does it happen? Because I mean, people well, people who watch TV think that you know you walk into a haunted location, there's something happening like every two seconds. Yeah, that's definitely not the case. I mean, even though I've had several experiences, I mean, I, you know, I've gone to Gettysburg and, and nothing happens, you know, and, and I've gone and I go into like the almost every shop in town, you know, and all the little trinkets and stuff, you know, nothing happens. I mean, it's during the day, but I mean, stuff can happen during the day too. I've had something happen during the day before. Um, and that was the experience that happened back when I was a kid, but you know, it, so it can happen anytime, but it does happen rarely, and it doesn't work on your schedule. That is absolutely for sure. Absolutely. That's right. we got about two minutes to go here before we got to go to break at the top of the hour here on Spaced Out Radio. Paranormal investigator and researcher Matthew Hale is with us. Matthew, the type of ghosts that are around and, and the type of ghosts that are 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 being dealt with, do you find in your area that you know it's a multi it's a mixture of say everything from maybe the civil war times right to what's happening today and do you think those ghosts are intermixing yeah i think it's really a mixture you know um this area definitely had um some indian activity to it um even before the civil war in fact um there's uh, the oldest standing building in maryland um is not far from where i live now um and it was built in the 1600s. I mean, that is really old for America. I mean, 1600s in England or Europe, you know, that's like, oh, that's kind of old, but not really. <laughs> but in America, 1600s is extremely old. And this was a, a, a house uh, that uh, they used to fight the Indians and, and uh, kind of ward them off. Uh, and um, so I think it's really a mixture. Um, I think there is definitely Native American spirits in the area. There's definitely Civil War spirits in the area. And then I think there's definitely just, you know, spirits just from your everyday, uh, you know, average, um, you know, person who's maybe passed on and has not moved on for some reason. Um, and and we also get, you know, a lot of UFO activity in this area as well, too. And I have seen two of those and, and it's pretty wild. Well, I, I know it's a wild hotspot because Science Bob lives in in the same area, yep. and yep, he, he says, him. you know, at any time you get, you can look at the sky and see some really really weird things that are yeah. there. And hey, because it's a capital, maybe it's some spooky U.S. Uh, Air Force technology yeah. that we don't know of. But the main thing is, there's things in the sky that we will talk about next on Spaced yeah. Out Radio. Our guest tonight. Matthew Hale, Android Paranormal, online. You can check them on out. UFOs, ghosts, how would you deal with it? I want to know. This is all in fun until somebody goes, boom, and then they're not there. Spaced Out Radio continues with hour number two coming up right after this. Stay tuned, everybody. All right, my man, we will right. be, uh, I'm just going to hop out here. I'm going to put you in the green room and I'll be sure. right back. Appreciate it. Be right back, people. 
Don't go anywhere.
I am back. Uh, Derek Galloway, what's happening, my man? How you doing, buddy? Cheers to you. Yeah, absolutely. You ever heard of a UFO called an Ebony? I believe is what they call it. I'm sorry? You ever heard of a UFO, what they call, I think, uh, an Ebony? Uh, no. It's supposed to be like an organic kind of be- being or th- kind of thing in this kind. Oh, an Ebon. Ebit, is that what it is? Yeah, okay. Ebon. Ebit, okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember what it was called, yeah. That's one of the two things I'd seen in this guy. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. I was actually leaving work and yeah, I saw it up in the sky back in like 20, 2011, well, I think hold, it was. Hold, and that, I got... hold that thought until we come back here. So, right. uh, big thank you tonight to both Neil in the UK and Deb for the super chats. Very much appreciate the love and support, guys. Uh, and Lori Bell with a $2 super chat to add to that. So thank you so much, Lori. Very much appreciate it. And uh, don't forget, if you want, you can join the Space Travelers Club for as low as 5 bucks a month. And the link is below in the SOR um, description of tonight's show, if you're on YouTube. If you're listening on podcasts, you're not, you're not going to be able to do that. Laura Dominguez, how are you? Welcome to our chat room again and who else did i miss anybody just scrolling and checking i don't think so and skip to malu how are you gorgeous all right don't forget you can shop at our spaced out radio store on our website and if you haven't already hit subscribe ring that bell we are here seven days a week for your listening entertainment hi shack valet here we go Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Havey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with the second hour of Spaced Out Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott as we're into the paranormal and UFO world tonight. Want to say hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Zystarch 
Zystarch is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on our Space Travelers Club on Patreon. Here we go, second hour with Android Paranormals, Matthew Hale, and he is out of the lovely state of Maryland, chasing ghosts, chasing UFOs. Now, Matthew, you had, you know, speaking of UFOs here, we're going to change topics a little bit. You've had a couple of interesting encounters with UFOs. Tell us about the one. So the first one I had was uh, back in, I believe it was 2011. Uh, I was just leaving work. It was late in the evening. This was, for anybody, anybody familiar with the area, this would have been... Um, uh, Eastern Howard County area, not far from Interstate 95, which runs all the way up from Maine, uh, from Canada, all the way down to Miami. Um, and this was around dusk, um, and the sun was setting, uh, and um, but it was still light outside. And I was just walking out of work. Uh, I work in a big office building, or used to at that time, and. Um, I wasn't even really looking at the sky. It's just the sky was just so big and wide open that day. There was hardly a, I don't even think there was a single cloud in the sky that I can recall really. And um, I just noticed there was these three little things. It wasn't one, two. It was actually three little things way, way off in the distance in the horizon. And I, and I just stood there watching them. And I'm like, what are those things? And, and you know, I actually grew up um, just uh, about two or three, two or three miles, four miles, less less than five miles for sure, uh, from the uh, Baltimore airport, uh, which is actually not in Baltimore. But um, I just grew up, so I'm very familiar with what a plane looks like, what a helicopter looks like, you know. And so there was absolutely no mistaken uh, that this was not a plane or a helicopter. So, you know, the next thing you go to is, okay, well, maybe it's, you know, uh, a comet or just a weird star or planet or something but there was three of these things so that kind of rules out planets and stars um and and what it looked like is three um white little gashes in the sky like if somebody took a knife and like cut into the fabric of space and time um and 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 cut a hole open um you know there's actually a Sunbelt Federal Credit Union has special deals on certificates of deposit. For 10 months, you could get a return of 5.27% annual percentage yield. And Sunbelt offers an amazing 5.33% annual percentage yield for 18 months. Visit a Sunbelt Federal Credit Union location today or learn more at sunbeltfcu.org. That's sunbeltfcu.org. $500 minimum deposit. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Documentary, which I think could be related to what I saw, called A Tear in the Sky. 
Um, and I recommend everybody check out the documentary. It's a good documentary. Uh, but and it's like these three things, and they were all really close together. And two of them were really, really close together. And then there was one kind of off to the side a little further away. And the two that were really close together, these like two little white kind of gashes in the sky, um, you know, kind of the shape of like, I don't even know how to describe it. Not a cylinder, but a cylinder that comes to the point at the ends. And they were up and down, though, not side to side. And they were coming down real, really slowly. You could tell if you and I could only tell they were moving because I was standing there looking at them for several minutes and this wasn't like, you know, a few seconds sighting. I mean, I was standing there for several minutes just watching these things. And they were just coming down very, very slowly. And um, I'm watching. And then eventually the two that were closest together, like, merged together. And then that's when it had occurred to me, oh, man, I have a smartphone. It was actually the first smartphone I ever had in my life. Just what are the chances of that? This is back in 2011. You know, not everybody had a smartphone back then, you know. And the smartphone cameras back then weren't great still, you know, even at that time um, compared to today. Um, we still have a long way to go. But anyways, so I, I take my phone out and I take a picture. I'm killing myself for not thinking to take a video. But, you know, a smartphone, I still wasn't <laughs> thinking about all the functionality a smartphone could do back then. And so I just took a, a picture. And um, unfortunately, with the way it was, you know, since it's not a telescope camera, um, it looks like two little tiny dots, you know, basically in the sky because they were so far away. Uh, and so, but anyways, I've blown it up and you can kind of see it um, in the gash. But it, 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 I just watched these things come together. And I mean, they were up there for so long that it even ruled out being like a comet or space debris because I have seen shooting stars before and they are very, very fast. I mean, they move, I mean, you know, 50,000 miles an hour, literally, uh, sometimes more. Uh, so they're not some slow moving thing across the sky. And still this day, I have no clue what that was. And, and this was in a populated area, you know, where other people probably saw this thing. My goodness. And, and you know, that area, we hear a lot about it on this show because Science Bob, Mr. Do Bob, or Dr. Bob McGuire, who does Science Bob and Friends, he lives in that area and he yeah. knows that they are capturing some very interesting and intriguing things that are in the sky. Yeah. The thing that I, I don't get about all these UFOs, Maryland, Washington, D.C., Virginia, yeah. they're all right there, you know, yeah. and it's highly patrolled. It's highly yeah. radared. It's one of the most radar uh, aggressive areas in the yeah. world. And yet, and yet these weird UFOs from black triangles to to orbs and, and weird things like you saw happen yeah. to be all over the place. And, and I just don't get it. Yeah, it's very strange. And, and here's what's even more strange is the direction that I saw this in was southeast from where I, where I was standing. And in that direction is Andrews Air Force Base. Really? Yeah. And so I don't know if it was all the way down near Andrews Air Force Base, but it was in that direction, absolutely. And I was only... I mean, as the crow flies, maybe 15, 20 miles from Andrews Air Force Base. But this was way off in the distance. I mean, this this thing I was looking at, I mean, it was probably at least a few miles away. I mean, it was it was really far away, but it was just so spectacular up in the sky. It was kind of hard to miss if you just even glanced in the sky, you know. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, so 
do you think that what you saw or even what other people are seeing in that area, do you think that might be secret technology maybe that's parked at Andrews Air Force Base or maybe at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base that they are using to protect the the area of Washington, D.C. and all of its holdings and surroundings? Well, it's definitely a fascinating uh, concept. I think that it may be even more complex than that. I think if it is connected to the government in any way, my theory would be that it might be an unintended side effect of whatever they're doing. So it might not actually be maybe their technology. That's something they're trying to do, um, like some sort of secret craft or something. But uh, I think it's important for people who are not familiar with the area to keep in mind that it's not just an Air Force base here. It's not just for the Capitol here. There's also uh, NSA headquarters near here as well, which I have uh, some relatives who worked there as well. And some relatives that worked at um, FBI headquarters as well in D.C. But there was also the NASA Goddard Space Center here in Maryland as well. So you've got all kinds of alphabet agencies, you know, that have headquarters, big office buildings here, you know. And so and we also have what's called Fort Meade, which is a very, very famous um, uh, place where they had done a lot of the, I think, remote viewing tests um, back in the day. And um so they do all kinds of stuff in this area. You know, who knows what they're up to? Um, and so I, I'm wondering if maybe, you know, they're doing some sort of experiment that's kind of maybe ripping open a portal up in the sky unintendedly. You know, who knows? Uh, something that they're not even realizing that they're doing or just they realize they're doing it and, and just, you know, going along the, with their business. Yeah, I, I could see that, you know, yeah. I mean, and why not? If if the signals from the radar are very high, you know, in that area, that might attract UFOs to that area. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point, too. You know, um, it's funny you mentioned that because it seems like um, there's that theory from the Roswell about, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, the 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 UFOs being attracted to the area with the nuclear explosions and the radar in the area in, somehow interacting with them or inter- making them not function properly and all those theories as well. And, um, and so there could be a connection to all that, you know, and, and there's probably nuclear, you know, stuff around here that we don't even know about, you know? Um, and it's not a far from uh, Norfolk, Virginia either, which is right off the coast where Ryan Graves had seen the cubes and the spheres. And they still see to this day, they say. He says he has people that are still flying out there and seeing them on a regular basis, even today. You had a second UFO encounter. Yeah, I did. You know, that one happened here um, up near my house just uh, about a year or so ago. And um, I've been planning to turn... Um, that one into MUFON because um, I got it on video and um, and it's really strange because it might just be as much strange as the first one, if not more, because I was just out for a walk in my neighborhood around a block here and um, and it was a pretty sunny day, clear skies. And, um, you know, I'm not close to any airports, but uh, planes do fly over this area as a, as a regular route that they fly. Um, and so when they fly over this area, they're usually pretty low to the, uh, to the ground, um, low enough that you can tell it's a plane, you know, uh, but not real low. And I'm just out there walking and, um, I just happened to look up to my left and I saw this 
weird, weird shape that I've never seen before. I've still never to this day seen heard anyone report a UFO of this shape. So if anyone has ever heard of this or knows of an incident, says please put it in the chat because I would love to know. Um, but anyways, this thing it was shaped like not a cross, but it was like a cross, but one with the one half cut off. So it was just like, you know, just this cylinder shape with another cylinder attached to the side of it. And it was the weirdest freaking shaped thing I ever seen. And it was coming down. It was, and the weird, the weirdest part about it is that it was descending to the ground and it seemed pretty low to the ground, but I couldn't make out the detail of it. I, I'm like, oh my, you know, my, my eyesight's, you know, my eyesight's not quite 2020, but it's pretty good. And so I took out my phone. I had just not long before that, a couple months before that, bought one of these phones that has these new fancy telescope cameras. And, you know, uh, a lot of people don't realize, you know, they ask, you know, why has nobody gotten a good picture of a UFO? Everybody's got these, you know, smartphones nowadays. Why is there no good pictures, you know? But they don't really understand, I think, how the technology works. So if you just have a regular cell phone camera and you zoom in, right, it's going to be a digital crop which means it's literally just stretching out the same resolution, which makes it more and more blurry and fuzzy. Well, I had one of these new uh, uh, phones, you know, that has a telescope camera on it and not just any telescope camera, but a 10 times telescope camera. So in other words, for those who might not know, you can zoom in 10 times without any, you know, degradation of the quality of the picture at all. It's like you're 10 times closer when you're really not. And so I took my phone out immediately. I, I, I knew to react fast. You know, a lot of times, you know, you don't think in the moment, you know, with that kind of stuff. And I, I whipped it out and, and took, turned the video on and I recorded this thing. Uh, first, I took a picture and then I was like, what am I doing? I got to take a picture, pic, you know, video quick. And I took a video just of the last few seconds right before it descended behind uh, some, a tree line of some trees. And, and then immediately after that, I'm like, I'm like, man, that's so wild. I'm like, I got to try and document this, you know, as best as I can um, while I'm in the moment, you know. And, I, and so I look up, oh, there's a plane. And so I took a video of that with the same camera lens. And you can see in the video of the same camera lens that I use, the same exact 10 times telephone camera, in the same exact moment, you could see the wings. You could see the engines on the wings. I mean, you could see that kind of detail. And this thing was pretty way further up to this, whatever this other thing was. But then when I look back at the video of this thing that was much closer, it looks so fuzzy and so blurry as if, you know, it, there's some sort of like uh, haze around it or something. And it is the strangest thing. You know, I would almost think it was somebody just flying a drone, but that some weird shaped drone but it just couldn't be because it had this like force field of haze around it that kept you from being able to make out any sort of detail beyond the general shape of what it was my goodness i mean did you did it shine any lights down on you did it did it attract uh you you know did it know because a lot of these ufos they tend to know when you're looking at them it's like they're specifically there for you did you get that feeling I'm not sure if I felt that way with this one, uh, but the first one I definitely felt like it was putting on a show. I mean, it was up there for many, many, many minutes, just like it was like putting on a show for everybody to watch and for anybody who cared to pay attention. Uh, but this one, it seemed like I almost, I don't know, like caught it by surprise or uh, 
because um, it was moving pretty quick. But it's weird because it was, like I said, it was descending to the ground, but it wasn't descending at like a rate that, you know, an object falling out of the sky would descend, not that fast. It was just, just descending at a, a, at a kind of a slow pace, but, you know, it was, it was quick enough that it was gone uh, from sight behind the tree line within, uh, you know, 10, 15 seconds or so. It wasn't very long at all. And it really makes you wonder why, why was it doing that? You know, does it, did it go into the, to the woods or in what, what was it doing back there? You know, this is in the middle of broad daylight, you know, and there's people, you know, driving around and this is a suburban area. No kidding. How close yeah. was it to you? This one, man, it was close. It had to have been less than a, not, not by height, but by distance, it had to have been less than a football field away. It was pretty close, maybe a football field and a half. Um, so I'd say about a hundred or about 75 to 150 yards away. And it was, you know, when I first saw it, maybe 500 feet up in the air at the most. And then by time, you know, it had descended behind the tree line. I mean, it was probably, you know, not more than a hundred feet, you know, above the ground, uh, you know, the trees are about a, you know, 80 to a hundred feet or so. So it was pretty, pretty close, you know. Sound? No sound. Didn't oh. make a single sound. Yeah. That's what trips me out about a lot of this, yeah. is the yeah. fact that so many of these close encounters have no sound. Yeah. And, I mean, that defies the laws of physics. I mean, we don't have anything in human technology that can be up in the air and not make a single sound unless it's a balloon. I mean, and this was not a balloon. I mean, this had the weirdest shape of anything I've ever seen. I mean, I can't imagine unless it was basically a sideways T, you know, balloon. You right. Know, this was no balloon, right? And 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 if it was a sideways T balloon, why the heck did it have a, a fuzzy haze around it, even with a 10 times telephoto, you know, lens camera? You know, it just didn't make any sense. I apologize if I missed this, but how big was it? Ooh, that's hard to judge from kind of far away, but I mean, this thing, um, considering it was pretty close, it had to have been pretty big. Um, it, I would say it had, it was certainly at least a couple meters, uh, along or wide. And then it, but it could have been, it could have been four or five meters. It wasn't like big, but like huge, huge craft that you hear some people report, but it was certainly big enough that a, a, a you know a regular sized person probably could have fit inside. Now I remember when I saw my first couple of UFOs. One of the first things that I did was I went and Google, type out UFOs, and then try and find if if anything that I had seen, if there were any photos of it on Google to see if anybody else had captured the same thing. Did you try anything like that? You know, I have tried to search a couple uh, things. I've looked at a diagram, I forget the source of it, that shows all the different uh, UFO, um, you know, shapes that have been reported. And, you know, I just didn't see anything that quite matched like it. Um, I probably should try searching more with, I don't think I've tried searching with quotes uh, because on Google, you can actually search with quotes and sometimes get a little better luck. But yeah, I've looked at many different references online, and I still, to this day, can't find anything that looked quite like that. And it, it was certainly a, a, a weird, weird shape. Yeah, I don't get it, man. You know, and the funny part about it is so many people have that happen where they 
have an, an idea of what they've seen. They've got the picture in their mind. And this is what actually drove me nuts right before creating Spaced Out Radio was that the UFOs that I had seen, I couldn't find online. Like the two, like the black triangle, the first black triangle I saw. Well, you know what? Everybody sees the, the three lights in the corner. Mine, the entire undercarriage is lit up. Oh, wow. Okay. And I'm thinking, what the hell is this? Why is this like this? Why does it always have to be different than what everybody else is seeing? And it drove me crazy, man. It really yeah. did. You know, I heard um, somebody else discussing uh, recently that it almost seems to toy with us. And I almost kind of agree with that. Um, it, it almost like kind of messing with us, showing us all these different shape craft or, you know, on the other hand, if you try to think of it also from a nuts and bolts perspective, you know, I mean, when you're out driving on the road, right? I mean, we have convertible cars, we have four-door sedans, we have two-door coupes, we have SUVs, we have minivans, we have 18-wheeler tractor trailers. I mean, we have so many different vehicle shapes. So if you're an alien and you're coming to this planet, you know, uh, especially uh, an alien that doesn't have any vehicles, you know, you're going to be like, whoa, why do they have so many different vehicles, so many different shapes of moving craft, you know? And and so it could be just as simple as these entities, they just have a lot of different car models. Yeah, and you know, I've often wondered that too. And, and I think, and believe it or not, I believe that's a great analogy that, yeah. you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, I, we don't know if they use a monetary factor or a monetary scale where, you know, some, like you said, some people or some UFOs are like the minivan stage. The other ones yeah. are like the Ferraris, you know, I yeah. mean, we don't know what they're charging. I mean, you know, how much tax do they pay on those? You know, it's, <laughs> it sounds funny, man, but I mean, that is the reality. And, and, yeah. you know, it's, it's different with orbs because orbs yeah. usually come in one shape. You know, yeah. and, and that is round, you know. So the big yeah. question is, wh- where where does it go from there? And, and how do you try and find them? So, I mean, with 42 seconds left before we got to go to break here at the bottom of the hour, I mean, do you, do you set your sights on having or trying to have more UFO encounters? Yeah, actually, I've been uh, thinking about that. And I've been really highly considering um, going to a couple of the high peaks in the area you know, I'm not too far from the Appalachian Mountains. Nothing compared to, of course, the Rocky Mountains. But there's some high peaks where you've got some pretty good views. And I think that would be a great, great, great area to, to kind of just sit up there and, and watch, you know, whether it's during the day or, or night. I think it's it would be a great spot to check some uh, check out the sky. Even if you don't see anything, I'm sure it would be beautiful. Absolutely. Matt, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we have Matthew Hale from Android Paranormal on for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. We've talked ghosts. We've talked UFOs. Let's see what else we can talk about in the next half hour. we got a jam-packed show in the second half coming up for you, so stay tuned. Spaced Out Radio returns right after this. Rock and roll, man. How big was that triangle you saw? Uh, the first one, just like a, a probably – 
probably the size of a like a B two bomber. Wow, that's pretty big. The second, yeah. the second one that I saw months later, probably the size of a city. Holy cow, yeah. man! I've heard of that man. That's wild. Yeah, man, man, it's amazing. I guess uh, some people wonder if those triangles are ours, you know, human reverse engineered, but it's hard. I don't know. What do you think? I think they are, uh, they are a combination. I think some are alien and some are ours. I think Lou said that the triangles were ours. Didn't he say that somewhere? Um, No, he's never really said that, but I mean, he's alluded to it and I've had other people allude to it. Probably the weirdest thing that I ever heard about it, and I was talking to somebody about it one day who would be kind of in the know, and I said, hypothetically speaking, you know, these black triangles, if they did, if they were human, where would they land? They got to land somewhere. Yeah, right. And this person's response to me was, hypothetically speaking, what if they don't land? Oh, yeah. I think I have heard you mention that on the show before. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Yeah. It's wild. Or maybe they submerge. <laughs> uh, Shell Ashley, uh, I know this comment is late, but I'm thinking the bottom. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your black triangle being fully lit. No, there's a little bit more to that story, Shell. Um, it was prior to that, we had seen... Um, let me draw it here. Kind of like an old school round dumbbell, okay? Um, just like this that I'm going to put up on camera. So just like that, an old school dumbbell uh, rod racing across the sky from southwest to north, no, from southeast to northwest. The the rounded parts here were silver, and the rod was orange. The rod connecting them in between was orange, and when the triangle appeared twenty five minutes later. The entire undercarriage of that triangle was silver orbs connected by orange rods from front to back. That's what makes it interesting. I've never heard anything like that before. No. And three of us saw it. Wow. 
Yeah. Don't even know where to begin on that one. <laughs> yeah. It's it's odd, but what do you do? Yeah. It seems like the more experiences I have, the more often they occur. It's, it's, it's strange. I think there could be something to this thing where you have experiences and you start to, I don't know, have a hitchhiker effect or something. Yeah. All right. We've got about a um, minute and a half here. All right. Big thank you tonight to T-Bone, Lori, Neil, and Debster for the Super Chats. Very much appreciate the love. Uh, Dick Butkus passed away. Weird. Uh, badass Billy Gunn. That's just what the media wants you to say, that Elizondo wastes everyone's airtime. If everybody learned to read between the lines... You would know that the guy is telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And so is David Grush. I'm not saying there isn't anything nefarious behind it, but what I am saying is that people just want to pick on him. Here we go, everyone. Yeah. Through the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us as we're talking paranormal, UFOs, and so much more. Want to remind you that if you miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. We're on every major podcast network like Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and so much more. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. We have him till the top of the hour. Matthew Hale from Android Paranormal is with us. We've heard about his amazing experiences, both in, with ghosts and with UFOs, Matthew, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. Matthew, where do you stand as, as being in a little bit of a relative newcomer the last three, four years into this field? Prior, even like when I got into this, okay, 
ghosts were ghosts. Ghost people did not hang out with UFO people who did not hang out with cryptid people who did not hang out with the psychic people or the tarot card readers or the near-death experiencers. Everything was, just a few years ago, was so segregated. And now we have so many people investigating this like it's one big phenomena. People like Leslie Keene, people like Grant Cameron, David Weatherly, and many others believe that everything is tied together. And I'm curious to hear your response to that. What do you think? Oh, man, this is like kind of the biggest question of really probably everything, honestly, um, because it, it would really, if we knew the answer to this for a fact, we would we would certainly be able to answer other you know questions with uh, the answer. But personally for myself, you know, I believe there is some differences. Um, I believe that um, that uh, cryptids can be spiritual, can be interdimensional. I believe that you know uh, ghosts or spirits or whatever you want to call them or entities, negative entities or demons or whatever you want to call them. I think um, they all come from other dimensions. Um, maybe they're different dimensions. Uh, maybe. One comes from a higher dimension. One comes from a lower dimension. Um, I personally believe, um, I, I try to look at science um, and, and try to piece science uh, theories um, together with it. Um, there's some scientists, uh, physicists, uh, you know, in today's world who believe that there's now, they say that the math works out that there's 11 or 12 dimensions, right? And so let's say, hypothetically, if that is accurate, right? Uh, this theory that they have um, based off the math is accurate, that there is multiple dimensions, whether it's, you know, three or 12 or however many, right? Then that means that there could be other uh, entities, whether they're physical or non-physical, uh, that are coming over from these dimensions. There could be a spiritual dimension. There could be, you know, another dimension that's kind of physical like us, uh, where these cryptids are coming from. It could be uh, another, you know, realm where these negative entities come from, you know, another dimension from there. And I personally believe that um, the UFOs are using these dimensions to travel here. Uh, now, of course, I don't know. Uh, I don't have any proof of this. This is just my theory. But I believe that a lot of people say, well, maybe they're extraterrestrial from another planet or maybe they're... Um, from uh, another dimension, uh, which is uh, interdimensional beings or whatever. Um, but I think it's kind of a, they're probably a hybrid of the two. I think that they are from our dimension. I think they are, so which means they're from another uh, galaxy or, or another solar system within our galaxy. Uh, but I think that uh, they're traveling here by using dimensions um, and just piecing that together from uh, various, from the theory of the multiple dimensions and also the fact that everybody, even all the skeptics, you know, all the regular scientists, they say, you know, uh, you know, aliens or any other intelligent species couldn't come here because the distances are just too far. Well, that's I feel like that's you're thinking within the box. You're not thinking outside the box if you say that. Um, and uh, it's funny because you're not even considering all scientific theory when you say that uh, you're not considering wormholes. You're not considering you know, other dimensions, you're not considering any of that stuff. And so I think what these aliens, um, it, whether it's one species, and I think there's definitely more than one, 
um, I think that these species of aliens who figured out how to travel here um, are using these dimensions to travel here. Um, and I think they somehow bend space and time and they might even pop into the other dimension to get here and then pop back in over here to wherever they want to go. You know, they just put in the coordinates and boom, they're there. Right. And so I think they figured out a way to do that. So it's like, they're not interdimensional, but they are using dimensions to travel here to jump that space and time, uh, that it takes to get here. And, um, so yeah, I think it is connected in a way. And I think when they do that, my theory is, is when they do that, right They're they're, they're basically punching a hole in the dimension. Um, it can cause paranormal activity as a side effect. So some people say, well, you know, these uh, UFO and these, um, you know, uh, ghosts, they must be connected because there's many, many places where the same thing happens. There's a, it's a hot spot for UFOs and it's also a hot spot for paranormal activity. For example, uh, uh, Skinwalker Ranch, right, is one of those locations. But there, that's not the only location. There is other locations where there is a lot of all types of uh, activity, cryptid, UFO, and ghosts. And what I think is happening is I think when these um, paranormal or these uh, aliens are popping in through a, a portal or di- from the other dimension, it's ripping open other portals and allowing other entities or other cryptids to come through easier. It's basically kind of thinning the veil so they're able to punch through easier, which makes it more of a hot spot for other types of activity as well. Are you a firm believer then that we do have aliens walking on our planet right now, or at least visiting? Um, I, I wouldn't say it's impossible, but I don't, I'm not convinced that we have um, beings that are a hundred percent alien. I think there could be hybrids. Definitely. I think that's highly plausible because we wouldn't be able to even tell if they're, uh, you know, alien. Um, so, cause they're going to look more human than alien, right? They're obviously not going to put them here on the earth if they're so obvious that we would be able to tell. So that's possible. But as a hundred percent alien, if they are here on earth, I think they probably have underwater bases. Actually, I think it's almost guaranteed at this point. And, um, but I don't, as far as like, you know, you're walking in the mall and you're walking past aliens. I'm not, I wouldn't say it's impossible, but I think it, uh, it's unlikely um, I think if anything is walking around us as aliens, it's probably these reports of, um, you know, uh, men in black, the ones that act strange and just seem kind of robotic or something like that. Or or maybe these black eyed kids that some people report, you know, it could be something like that. That that, that to me speaks to me as an alien trying to disguise itself, but not doing a very good job at it. Well, if they are here, do you think then that. You know, never mind just aliens, but do you have a a strong belief then that the governments and agencies of the world know that that this is all tied together, that the phenomena is all one, that, you know, what you're seeing in the sky or what you're seeing haunting us could be all of the same? Yeah, I think the government knows more, you know, um, the government knows more than just UFOs. I think they know a lot more. Um and I think they don't fully understand it, but I think they definitely know about all this phenomenon. You know, I don't think that it's just the UFO thing that they are focused on. Um, and, and, you know, the remote viewing is proof that they look into other areas of the paranormal and it's not just 
um, you know, UFO, you know, it's, a, it's all over the news nowadays, you know, with, you know, UFO disclosure and all that stuff. But it would not surprise me in the least bit if when and if UFO disclosure does happen, and I think it will, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not even this year, but I think it will happen very likely in our lifetimes, you know, but when it does happen, I wouldn't be the least a bit surprised if they're like a couple years after that. Oh yeah. And we know Sasquatch is real or Bigfoot, or we know that these other things are real and these other dimensions and things are coming over from other dimensions. And we don't really know how they're doing or what they are or where they're from. We just know that they are happening. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me the least bit. Yeah, no kidding. I'm pretty much under the same roof. Now, you haven't seen any cryptids yet, but you are in an area where there's alleged things like puckwudgies and and gnomes running around and never mind the great white sharks in the ocean, you know, which, uh, you know, that's, that's for another story another day. But, you know, have there been areas of sightings of Sasquatch in your area or other cryptid creatures? Yeah, you know, actually, I live 15 minutes about uh, from the famous Sykesville uh, monster uh, that Lon Strickler himself saw back in the 80s. I believe it was 83 or something like that. Or something like that, yeah. Yeah, and um, I know the exact river where he saw it, the exact spot, you know. Um, and uh, it's wild to me to think that he saw that back then because that was, it was, it's kind of a small town. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it was probably back then still a town of 15,000 people. This was not like in the middle of nowhere. Um, and, um, I don't, there was a sighting, um, reported, uh, a year or two later or a year or two ago, uh, that, um, was in that same area in that Sykesville area, uh, where somebody reported seeing one around that lake called Liberty Lake, uh, not long ago. And, uh, you know, it's sometimes hard to believe uh, that something like that, because the area is really, really built up over the years since, you know, Lon Strickler saw that back in the 83 or 84. And and um, so it's an even bigger population in the area now, like maybe 25, 30,000 people in the area. And, and so it, it's certainly not, you know, in the middle of nowhere. And and it really shows you that there's something more than going on than just probably flesh and blood if, if these things are still being cited in more populated areas. And so, yeah, there is, it's not so uh, popular here, but if you just go a little further out West, they're everywhere. Um, thir- just a 30 minute drive West of here. Um, you know, it, it's very forested. It's very wilderness. Um, and, and it's, there's just not much people out there, honestly. And it's hard to know what's going on out there, but I know Lon Strickler's reporting stuff all over the place in this area. And, and yeah, there's a lot of activity for sure. What makes it special? Do you think it's the age of the area? Do you think it's the history, the, the secretiveness of the, of the alphabet agencies? Oh man, that's a tough one. You know, it's a good question because, Speaking of cryptids and alphabet agencies, there was actually a sighting, a extremely, extremely credible um, Bigfoot sighting um, down here um, in closer to the area where I used to grow up, which is even a more populated area, which it was it was only two or three miles from the NSA headquarters. And this was back in 
I think 2001, 2002, sometime around then. If you want to know the exact year, it was the year that they were building what's called a Rundle Mills Mall. And it's the biggest mall in the state of Maryland. And it's about a mile around. And it's when they were clearing out this wooded site, this forest uh, for the site. And it was, uh, they were clearing out over 500 acres of forest uh, to make way for the mall and the parking lot, you know, this huge facility, right? So they're tearing down a ton of forest. And there was an encounter there back in the early 2000s when uh, there was construction crew workers that um, would come back to the construction site and they noticed that there was stuff missing, tools missing or two by fours missing or, you know, whatever supplies that they had was clearly missing and they thought you know somebody was stealing stuff you know sometimes some of those tools are kind of valuable and so a a, two of them had camped out there overnight at the the construction site of that mall and um they um to their surprise this thing whatever it was came whatever was taking their stuff came and they and they described it as like this super tall you know eight foot being covered in fur and um and uh it just ran once it saw them it ran back in the woods and the crazy thing is there is an actual police report on this they reported it to the police and i'm happy to share that to any, uh, anyone if anyone wants that see that police report there is actually a, a paranormal group that did a, a did big deep dive into that incident um uh and i can send you the link for it you can just uh message me on t- uh twitter and um, at Android Paranorm without the AL at the end. And um, the, there's a police report, and the police himself in the police report reported seeing the being on the edge of the woods just sitting there looking at him. And it's just mind-blowing to me that that, you know, even police, you know, who are sworn, you know, citizens under oath, uh, you know, reporting these things, you know, and, and, but the funny thing is, is he calls it a bear in the report, even though he says it's standing upright and it, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm sure he was trying to avoid a psychiatric uh, evaluation. Right. I mean, how could you not? How could you and, not? Yes, of course it was a bear. Of course, you know, what else could it be? Right. Yeah. For yeah. you looking forward in your own investigations in your own theories, what do you want to try and solve? What 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 is the game plan for you? You know, that's a great question. I think the game plan for me is really just answers. Uh, I'm not really targeting any specific answers. Um, I think the biggest thing in general that I'm I'm trying to get at is just um, the source of this. Um, you know, even if it's just a small answer. You know, every time we get a small answer, it's going to lead us one step closer to uh, finding out, you know, what's going on, where it comes from. And so even if it's just as small as, you know, oh, you know, uh, you know, an an orb appears every time, you know, an EMF meter goes off or an orb appears, you know, uh, or any time an orb appears, the temperature drops, you know, even just small pieces of information like that you know, we can, it's a piece of the puzzle, essentially, trying to piece together that puzzle. And so really, I'm just trying to get some of those puzzle pieces to piece together to try and get us some of those answers, because if if we can just work together, basically, you know, if we each get a couple of those puzzle pieces, we can kind of come together as a community and help piece together more of that, 
and see that full picture because that's how we're going to get more answers is, is by working together to, to share the puzzle pieces that we have found. And I, and I think that's a way to go. Now, do you think technology is going to play a, an important role in this? Or do you believe that, that the spiritual side of everything will catch up with the technology and it'll need both in order to find the true solutions of what's going on? I think it's a mix of both, honestly. Um, personally, I, you know, I, it really bugs me, honestly, when I see people um, using, um, you know, these uh, spirit box apps on their phone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And and they could be legitimate, but there's no way to know for sure. And, and I'm going to explain the reason why. And the reason why is because... You don't know who developed that app, who coded that app. They could have coded that app to just give you random answers for all you know. And so unless you are the person who coded that app yourself, you don't know. And so it's important to get yourself real devices. Don't use an app on a phone. You, EMF is a real thing. And um, so I think that technology is going to play into it. So EMF detectors, video recorders, cameras, you know, temperature sensors, you know, um, LIDAR, you know, they're, they're using, you know, all types of stuff now, uh, you know, trying to get creative with sonar and um, uh, heat cameras and all that, FLIR, uh, you know, so I think technology is a big, important part of it, for sure. But I think spiritualism uh, and being spiritual in a way is also an important part of it, because you know, there's there's clearly psychics. There's people who know things that they shouldn't know. There's people who are able to just feel things that they shouldn't be able to feel. You know, um, while I, I'm not a psychic, I do see myself as an empath and being able to feel energies and feel other people's emotions and know when something is not right, kind of like when I went into that house. I could feel something was not right. There was an unsettling energy in that house um, before, you know, I even heard that noise in the basement of like clothes rustling around the corner. So something, there is a piece to the puzzle that it's important to pursue the spiritual side of it as well. People who are more in tune to the spiritual side, I think are going to be important tools. And I think even if you're not, you know, a medium or a psychic yourself, it's still important to feel things out and to follow you, your, your intuition and your gut and, and how you feel about something. If something is, you know, inside you telling you something is wrong or something is there or there's a presence there, 
whether it's good or bad presence, you know, follow that, you know, intuition because it could lead you to more answers uh, or just more experiences, even if it doesn't give you answers. Three minutes to go with Matthew Hale from Android Paranormal tonight. And Matthew, it's been a great show so far. For you, what is your advice to people looking into this, to, to get into this field, to be a part of something really cool? You know, I mean, just get out there and just get started. You know, don't be afraid to, you know, just get, dip your toe in. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's going out to go to a place that you think might be haunted or if you're just researching by reading books and by interviewing or interviewing other people, going to conventions uh, and talking with other people and making connections. There is so, so many different ways that you can really just be involved in the community, even if it's just online connecting with other people. You know, we live in this day and age where we have the internet. You know, when I was younger, you know, the internet was kind of a thing, but not many people had the internet. And um, so we got to use the internet to its full advantage and, and to connect with other people. And, and so it's important just to get out there and get involved, you know, even if it's just by a small bit of just reading some books and, and um, you know, connecting with other people. It's very, very important to, to just, you know, do your part and, and contribute. Quickly here, what has been your biggest help? Has it been a book? Has it been a television series? Has it been uh, researching online? What has been your biggest benefit? You know, that's a great question. I'm probably going to give an answer that probably a lot of people wouldn't even think of. And it's probably, well, it's probably a tie between two things. Other people's experiences is a big thing because it really gives you insight into all the different possibilities of things and all the different things you can encounter and all the different types of ways things can happen. And, and it really gets your mind working and thinking. So that's helped me a lot too. But another thing that's helped me a lot is podcasts. And I used to be one of those people, you know, probably as recently as, you know, five years ago, I was like, you know, why would I listen to a podcast? I, you know, I can just watch TV if I want to listen to something. And there is a huge value in podcasts like yours because you there's so much you can listen to and so much content is so much knowledgeable and experienced pe people that you can listen to. And you don't have to be sitting in front of a TV to, to watch it or listen to it. You can, you can just be do, going about your normal day listening to this and, you know, and, and there's so much you can learn from. I've learned so much from just listening to other people who've researched this field or just shared their experiences on podcasts, just like yours. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you for that compliment. And Matthew Hale from Android Paranormal, thank you so much for coming on Spaced Out Radio. Very much appreciate you taking the time for us, my man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Dave. It's always a pleasure. Matthew Hale, everybody. Coming up next in hour number three. Oh, it's jam-packed. We have Steve Stockton from Among the Missing. Then Robin Haynes with the Cryptid Report. Followed up by... The Dave 101. What do I really hate about all this? And the strange news of the week. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this.
Right on, buddy. Appreciate right, your good time. Good wrap up for you. <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. <laughs> great show. Thank you for being here, my man. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me. I look forward to seeing the rest of the show. All right, buddy. Go uh, join your friends in the chat room. All right, man. Take it easy. You too. It's Matthew, everybody. Nina Williams, how are you? Uh, okay, hold on a second here. Uh, terrible times. Who did you uh, say I hadn't had on in a long time? I'm curious about that. And who else? Steve Istall. I would love to bring Steve back on. Uh, he was actually seen in my town recently, a couple weeks ago. Uh, he swears too much. Way too much. Oh, the hell your folks. Uh, yeah, I doubt we'll ever bring them back on. Uh I really like them. Uh, they hung out with a with certain people. I, I, I I'm going to keep this an edited version because I don't want to get fired up here. Uh, but they hang out with certain people who were spreading horrible, vicious rumors about me, and all of a sudden they stopped following me, stopped contacting me, and. Uh, I really don't want to get into the who, what, where, when, why, how. I realize that's juicy. I opened the door to a little bit of drama there. But, um, yeah, they hang out with certain people that I really don't, I, I used to highly respect and now have not a lot of respect for. And so that's um, that's the reason why. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Steve Hudgens I would bring on. Got a lot of questions for him. Yeah, so, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, the the rumor mill is juicier than the truth. And um, they were believing some very ugly rumors. Ugly, ugly ugly rumors and uh i really don't want to open up that door again because um the person who started it was um not very kind to sor thank you dogface simon jen in the uk a brock T-Bone, Lori, Neil, and Debster for the great super chats. 
Very much appreciate the love and support, everybody. Very much appreciate the love and support. Hi, Robin Mc... Oh, Robin Haynes. Uh-huh. Uh, I should just check my underwear, so that way I know it's Robin Haynes. Oh, K-N-H-B-S-M. Uh, I love Steve Istall. You have no idea how much I love Steve Istall. But when every second word is uh, S or F or A-hole or uh, anything like that, uh, then, um, yeah. Hey, Clam, if you're listening, read your message from me. Hey, Kira, I'm on water again tonight. Water, Kira. Water. Woohoo! Yes, I love my Kira. She's amazing. See, this is why everybody has to come to the Reno party, because you get to meet Kira and her amazing husband, Mark, who is like the brother I ever never had. And they are just two of the most beautiful people, man. Yeah, and Mark always looks good. He always has a nice dress shirt on. Always. Always. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor hard to believe we're already in the third and final hour of spaced out radio tonight good to have you with us my name is dave scott very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Zystarch. Zystarch is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers. As the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join the Space Travelers Club right now on Patreon. 
It is that time of the night where we kick off hour number three with Steve Stockton from Among the Missing and another creepy story. Hello, friends. Welcome to Among the Missing YouTube channel on Spaced Out Radio. I'm Steve Stockton, and I'm about to take you on an unbelievable journey of people just like you. Their stories and encounters will haunt us on Among the Missing. Several creepy legends associated with the Appalachian Trail originate from the Cherokee people. One of these legends is about Spearfinger, which has been used to frighten children for generations. Spearfinger is described as a witch-like hag who can disguise herself as a friendly old grandmother or even a family member. Spearfinger lurks around the Smoky Mountains' highest peaks as she focuses on children who have wandered away from their homes and parents. These children are usually afraid, which Spearfinger takes advantage of as she tells them she'll help, but her antic is to sing them to sleep slowly. She then uses her finger, made of obsidian, to gouge out their liver and eat it before them. And now we have a story of a young girl who spotted a ghost while camping on the Appalachian Trail. While hiking with her parents on the Appalachian Trail, a young girl experienced her first encounter with the paranormal. The trio made camp for the night, and as her parents slept, she became frightened by something that kept her from being able to rest. The following day, after the eerie night passed, the girl took a brief walk with her mother before they continued their hike. While walking around and enjoying each other's company, her mother suddenly stopped and stared blankly into the distance. The young girl followed her mother's gaze and saw a hazy apparition against a tree a few yards from where they were standing. The man appeared calm but sad, and then he faded away, leaving the tense mother and child bewildered and fearful. And now, the legend of the Scorched Man. While hiking along the Appalachian Trail, it's not uncommon to experience interferes and imagine being followed or pursued by unseen humans, animals, or forces. In 2011, a confident man decided to take a week off from work and hike the trail alone. At first, the hiker's journey went well until a terrifying incident occurred that left a lasting impression. On his first day, as he made his way down the trail, night fell, prompting him to set up camp. While alone in the dark, the man heard strange noises approaching his tent. Although slightly alarmed, he wasn't bothered enough to investigate the source of the sounds. The following day, he continued hiking and set up his camp before nightfall. While sitting around his fire later that evening, he was left shocked when he saw a man with badly burned hands, a burned body, and a smoking face standing near his firewood. This experience shocked and left him numb as the burned figure gazed at him before walking away. The terrified man decided to pack up his belongings and leave the area immediately only to come across a recently burned down house with a sheriff outside. The sheriff told the man that the entire family burned alive in the house four days prior. Was the apparition that the man witnessed among those that had perished in the fire? And thank you to Steve Stockton for coming on in for another great night of spooky stories here on Spaced Out Radio. If you want more, all you got to do is head on over to youtube.com forward slash among the missing, and check them out for yourself. Well, let's head into the forest now. As filling in for Super Duke on the Cryptid Report, here's Robin Haynes. Hey. 
Robin Haynes, always a pleasure to have you here tonight. Hey, sweetheart. How are you? I am my own doing song. Great. I want my own song. I will make you your own song. How about that? <laughs> Sounds great. How are you doing? I, I, You know what? I'm doing great. I am. I had a interesting night in the forest last week. Because one of the things... Wonderful. And this is one of the things I wanted to get into with you, because I know this is the abbreviated version of the cryptid report, uh-huh. and that is time. Mm-hmm. Our area seems to heat up between eight o'clock and ten thirty, and before okay. before that, everything is dead, and after that, everything is quiet. <laughs> what is with this? Because I hear of you and. Other people talk that, oh, you know, this area goes 24 hours a day and, you know, seven days a week and they charge extra for entry fee on Sundays. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I hear all this stuff, Robin. Well, I think it just, it really depends on that clan in the area. Like I've had, when I was in Michigan, they were there every night. They would come in and they would, they would eat because I'd have stuff out for them. About five thirty or six, they would disappear. They'd sh- they'd show back up at exactly two o'clock in the morning, and they'd knock on my windows and knock on the windows. And if I wouldn't respond, they would literally go to my kids' windows, and they'd knock on the windows and ping on the house by the kids' room. And then the kids would come and wake me up and tell me to go outside with them. And I would go outside and I'd sit in the woods with the Sasquatch, and they would walk around and they'd chatter. And then they, you know, I'd hear them in their language and then in ours. But then you have other areas like. Where I'm at now, they just, it's like a free for all. You know, I mean, we had them in Michigan at the, uh, another place I lived at. They walked around uncloaked freely 24 hours a day. There was no set time. You know, I just think it depends on the individuals and the area and, you know, when they're coming in. They seem to get into a pattern, I've noticed. You know, the only time I haven't seen them super, super active is like 6 30 in the morning to like maybe 10 or 11. And then after that, anywhere I've been, they just, they come and go as they want. But I think they get set up in different locations and they get into their own routine and predictability of what they're going to do and when. I mean, they have comfort in the predictability. Right. Okay. So our glow stick experiment failed. Okay. Mine loved the glow sticks. Well, I, here's the thing. When we left, it hadn't moved. I left it there. I still, I haven't been back yet. I don't know if it, it's moved yet or not. But the other thing, too, I think, which was a little confusing for them, is we had two new people with us. And, uh, yeah. And I think, like... That's going to throw them off. You know, but but here's the thing. We heard around us... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sticks cracking. Okay, like they were being stepped mm-hmm. on. Okay, so. Yeah, you had three of them around you. So if if we look at that, there was nothing over by the glow stick. And I put the glow stick pretty much where we saw the guy last year. Okay, we <laughs> we did see a bunch of orbs around. We did see Starlink mm-hmm. too, which seems to be a tradition out there right now. And noise wise, there was no huffing, puffing. There was no uh, yelling or or roaring or anything like that. There was no talking. And the problem with my area is when the sticks start snapping. Okay, like somebody walks over a branch or something of a fallen tree and it makes that cracking sound. I don't know if it's a moose. I don't know if it's a bear. Uh, I don't know if it's it's them. I can't tell the difference. Well, you had three of them that were out there with you. But the thing of it is, like you said, you had two new people. So as far as normal activity, when you're there, that's going to change and be altered a little bit while they're getting used to them, getting familiar with the energy that they radiate and just making sure that it's a safe bet. So they could have gone more quiet than that. I know you had three, you had two adult males and you had one um, child that was a male, a little boy, but he would have been like the age of one of our anywhere from 10 to 12 year old. So he was a little bit older. He wasn't a baby. And right. But they will, you know, I mean, you've now changed your normal setting and you brought in two new people. So now they've got to get adjusted to those people as well. Not that they can't or won't, but it's just going to take them a bit. Right. Right. And and I can understand that and appreciate that, you know. So, I mean, it's it's just something that I'm just trying to, you know, put the pieces of the mystery together. But, you know, the, like I said, I mean, the one thing that I have – noticed over time is this this activity that there's no point in being there after 11 o'clock 12 o'clock we've never been out there past 1 a.m and it just you know it just seems to die off you know almost like yeah yeah go ahead no you're fine so i'm just wondering if that pattern of time is our only open window because we've been there in the daytime and in the daytime, you cannot feel them. You cannot feel them around. The only time we feel them around is like I said, between that eight o'clock and ten thirty time. Well, a lot of times they get where they know that's a time you're going to be there and they'll actually adjust their schedule for that same time. And I mean, to me, it sounds like that's when they expect you. So that's when they're going to show up. You know what I mean? So that's like your window that they expect you to be there for your contact. Like in my case, they knew that at 2 a.m. when they came pounding on my window, I was going to go out in the middle of the woods, sit on the log, and wait for them to show up. And so it became a normal thing at 2 a.m. I may see them walk around the yard earlier 
they came in at five thirty, six o'clock to eat, but then they would disappear again. But yet at 2 a.m., they knew that was the time I would walk out and see them because I never, I'm up late at night anyway. And they just expected it. And they, they tend to adjust on what they think is going to be our patterns as well. So that's when they now have got it in their head that that's your, when you're coming. And so that's going to be your, your time slot. <laughs> if they want interaction, they're going to know to come at those times. The, the more predictable you are with them, the better you do. You know, they don't want us to ever feel confident, confident that they're predictable, but they depend on us to be because then they know what to expect. And for them, that's huge. They want to know what to expect. They want to know what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. It gives them a sense of security. I can, I can understand that, and I and I can appreciate yeah. that. Okay, I'm just... I'm just very curious, you know, whether or not, you know, there's there's more to it. Maybe I'm overthinking the idea that that it's it's a little bit, you know, of a game for them. Well, I think it is. I mean, they've got you penciled in on that time slot and that's when you're allowed. You know, it's like when I used to go and take apples and stuff, and I don't recommend that everybody feed them the amount that I did. I didn't have anybody to go to to find out it wasn't a great idea, so that's why I did it. But they knew it took them no amount of time to figure out that I was predictable. At this time, I would be there. And they depended on that, and they would be waiting for that because that was my time slot with them. One night, and I've talked about this before, um, my kids had a church event and I took them to church thinking, well, when I get back, it'll be time to put food out for them. I'll do it then. I got hung up at the church event because somebody had canceled and they needed me to help. I didn't come back home at 530. I was there till 1030. I got back home and they had taken the buckets that had, I had screws in the trees and I had snaps on it. They took all the buckets off the snaps and all the buckets were on my front porch put upside down. Hmm. And I had a cage that I put snaps on on the door to keep all the, the, like the possums and the raccoons out of it. And I would put food in it for them and put snaps all the way around it so that nothing could get in but them and they would unsnap it. I came home that night, all the snaps were off of it and sitting on the front porch. I mean, they were like, okay, dingbat, you forgot something at 530. Where's the chow? You know, and they were waiting. They were all out in the tree lines waiting. And I pulled in and I actually pulled up close to the house because I didn't know how they would react. And I told my kids to go ahead and go in. They went in and I walked out in the yard and I'm like, I'm getting it. Everybody stay calm. I didn't have any problems. They were well behaved, but they were hooting and hollering and, and making noises at me. And I'm like, I'm coming. Give me a minute. Got the food and took it out to them. And they waited till I was safely back up on the porch. And then they all walked in to get it. But they like the predictability. You know, they know what to expect and it becomes a game to them. That's their time slot. That's when they're going to be there for you. Doesn't mean they won't come at any other times. It means that's the predictable spot where they know they're going to have that interaction. You know, it's like you guys go out there to look at them and they're there to look at you. Is it a safety thing too? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The more predictable you can be for them, the safer they feel. You know, they don't want to feel like there's surprises for them or it's a trap or there's something. Anything that changes is enough to overstress them. It's like when we were talking about the toys that time. And you had a bunch of them out. I said, take some of those away. It overstimulates them. It scares them because there's too much for them to figure out at one time. 
you know, go back down to like two, three, maybe four pieces and that's it. And it does work. You know, everything about them, their whole culture is based on predictability and safety and energy. And if they can make sure that it's safe, they're going to do it by the predictability of the situation they put themselves in and the people that are around them. You know, so, and they will adjust to having the two new people in the group. It's just going to take them a little bit. You know, just like if you got a new neighbor, you're not going to know how friendly they are out the back, up, you know, the top of it. You're going to want to get to know them and see if you vibe with them and get along with them before you get too social with them. Same thing with them. Makes a lot of sense, Robin. I mean, the logic behind what you're saying is just so real. I mean, I I, I tend to think every time we have one of these conversations that I am just (laughs) very much overthinking all of this. Well, that's not that's not wrong and it's not abnormal because you're looking at their culture is different than ours. And I think that people in our culture strive to try to figure out theirs. And if you're not familiar with it, it's going to cause you to overthink because you don't understand what's going on in their mind on their side. So I think that's very common and very normal. You know, I think I do it every now and then. And and it's like, okay, take a step back. Not everything is as complicated as I'm making it out to be. And then you just like compartmentalize it and break it down and then it makes more sense. But in their world, their culture and the way they live their lives is completely different than ours. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with that, because in my area, I don't use food. They don't seem to be interested in our gifting site. Nothing ever seems to move there anymore. <laughs> Okay, and, I, and I'm okay with that. I leave it out there. It doesn't hurt anybody. Okay, but for anybody wanting to gain that trust regarding maybe Sasquatch in their area or their backyard, what should they do? Well, I think the gifting is really good, but I agree with not the food products. Once in a while, if you want to put a few apples out there or something like that, That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't make that a predictable thing where they depend on it at a certain time every day. You're better off doing, you know, the white rocks, the feathers, beads. Um, Be careful when you're placing crystals because they use crystals for part of the the different paranormal things that they do. And you want to make sure you're not giving them something that they can, you know, cause a problem with. Kids toys, as long as there's something that can't get caught or lodged in the throat. Don't put a lot. And you don't want a lot of things that are going to make a ton of noise because when they go to movement, it makes a noise that scares them. You know, they like the musical things, but again, make sure it's a softer version of music that's not going to frighten them. And it may still frighten them at first while they get used to it. But definitely, I mean, feel free to gift. But I I do have to say that in more times than not, um, I was very fortunate. My group, when I didn't gift anymore, I had no, no problems whatsoever. But I can tell you multiple people that when they stopped gifting there were issues and i mean that with the food gifts not so much yeah anything else I so i mean that. if you want to put apples out now and then or you want to put pears out now and then as long as it's not on a regular basis that they're looking for it at a certain time and it's you know every day or whatever then you're fine yeah yeah like in our area we just couldn't there's too much animal activity and we don't mm-hmm. need to be drawing the animals in away from right. and, and, and pushing the cryptids away. So with two and a half minutes to go here before we have to say goodnight to you on this abbreviated cryptid report, 
if someone is having activity in their in their yard, in their backyard, mm-hmm. in, maybe in a, in a farmland or in a rural area, whatever it may be, okay, how what's the easiest way for somebody to to start slowly making contact? Um, I would go out there and I wouldn't like, you know, let's say you have a wooded area and you see the structures and stuff. Don't go pushing into their structures right on the outside of that, possibly leave a gift, whether it be the white rocks or the feathers or the beads, you could put a couple of apples in friendship, talk to them either verbally or in your mind, because even if you don't get mind speak, they can still hear it and say, you know, you're welcome to be here in peace. I, you know, we can share the land but only if you're here with a pure heart and in peace, because that's so important that they know the mindset that you would tolerate in your area and whether or not they will, you know, reciprocate that kindly, that's up to that individual, but you want to put that in place almost like a boundary. But, you know, obviously you could put a few apples back there, you know, you can do as long as it's not every day and at the same time where they're dependent on it. But if not put white rocks, feathers, those all are friendship things. And leave them back there. Be careful when you're going up to these structures. You don't alter the structures in any way, shape, or form. If they're not used to you, be where you can see the structures, but possibly leave the gifts a little bit away from them so they don't feel like you're invading that space until they're more used to you. Right. Right. Talk to them. Walk around out there and just talk to them because they're going to hear you. You know, make your presence known. I come in peace. I have a pure heart. I have no wish to harm you or your families. You know, I mean, just like you would a neighbor. Makes a lot of sense. Robin, it is that time of the night once again where we have to say goodnight to you. It always seems too short with you. Always I know, but we have fun. I love you guys. I know. I know. And I look forward to speaking with you next Thursday as You got well. it. I'll be here. And it's always a lot of fun. Robin, how can people get a hold of you? Um, you can email me at R-L-Y-N-N-E and then a period, F-O-R-E-S-T-P-E-O-P-L-E at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Facebook under Robin Haynes, H-A-Y-N-E-S. Love it. Robin, always a pleasure to have you here. And thank Everybody you for being here. Everybody take care. All right. Robin, Mc- not McCray anymore. Robin Haynes. There you go. Is the <laughs> lovely and talented one who communicates with Sasquatch and other cryptid beings coming up next it's the dave 101 it's that time of the year where i say yeah this is what i hate about this entire field spaced out radio continues right after this jsco how you doing oob to joe's main you've got aliens and who else do we have here Mike Jones, how you doing? Dave 101 next. Dave Hmm. 
We've had a good night here so far. We really have. Hi, Jessica That's right, Super Duke. Right there. <clears throat> Get off my lawn. Mm-hmm. Dang, burn it. Get off my lawn. <clears throat> no, my mowing days are done till 2024. Now I have to, one of these weekends before the snow comes, go and readjust my, my shed so I can get the snow blower out and then worry about the lawnmower next year. It happens. Dave, what have you found out about the history and geology of your zone? <coughs> like my Sasquatch zone or just my area in general? Uh, my Sasquatch zone, not much. It's a marshy area. I know if you go back like a million years, it was like big time lava and volcanoes around here. Oh, I didn't think that at all, Shell. Didn't think that at all. Don't worry about it. We'll hug later.
All right, big thank you to Simon, Jen, Debster, Neil, Lori, T-Bone, and A-Brock for the super chats. Very much appreciate the love. If you haven't already, hit subscribe, ring that bell, and let's make this thing go here in five seconds. Here we go with the final half hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join our Space Travelers Club on Patreon. Here we go. It is that time of the night where I yell at all the kids to get off my lawn. It's the Dave 101. another completely different topic that i was going to speak about tonight but then there was a comment with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In our chat room about the word squatch. Yes, it's the trend of the last 10 years. Thanks to that horrid not finding Bigfoot show on television where Everything from raccoons to chipmunks to rabbits to grouse to the eagles in the sky, everything is a squatch. I hate that word. Can't stand it. 
drives me insane when I hear it. People going squatching. Yep, it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. There are certain things that should never be said or done. Now, a lot of people have come up to me over the years, and even my audience members come up and say, Hey, hey Dave, what's the issue here? What's, what's your boggle? Well, when I first heard it on television, and I'm going to tell you this, I have only ever seen a grand total of 15 minutes of not finding Bigfoot on TV. And that 15 minutes I thought was so embarrassing to the field that I never turned it back on. Just didn't like it. Nothing against the people on there. Okay. But it was just to the point of ridiculousness that I didn't enjoy it. But that's me personally. But then this squatch crap that started. And the word just grated on me. Drove me crazy. And I promise there's a point to this. Okay? I do promise, and I will get to that. So in 2015, I had the pleasure of my one and only time in meeting the late, great Dr. John Binderdagel. I was at a conference that some friends were putting on. And John happened to be there speaking about Sasquatch. Now, for those of you who know the history of John Bindernagel, good for you. But for those who don't, he was an admirable man, a brilliant man, an anthropologist, an educated scientist who had never seen a Sasquatch in his life. He had found footprints. He had found what he believed to be scat and hair samples. And he wanted to hear about my Sasquatch story. Because in 2013, in my friend's backyard in the forest, we were within 100 feet of two of them. And he had heard this, and he was actually trying to track me down in the hotel while I was trying to track him down as well. And then we came face to face in the hallway. I introduced myself. And he said, you're the guy who who saw two admission. He goes, let's get out of here. Let's go. And I said, well, my friends no longer have the property. I can't go back there. And he's like, well, do you think we could knock on the door and let the other people know? And I wanted to see some of the speakers and all this and kind of played dumb on it. So during our conversation, I said to Mr. Bendernagel, I said, what do you think of the word squatch? And he was a very stoic man, a man of very deep thinking. And he took a deep breath and he sighed in front of me and then said, 70 years of research all gone down the toilet because of one word. Squatch. And what he meant by that was that for decades, he had been trying to get the scientific community to 
take Sasquatch, Bigfoot, whatever you want to call it, research to the next level. He wanted scientists to start coming out with him to show them that there is this creature that lurks in the forests of North America and around the world. He wanted to show them the hot spots where the activity happened, the reports he had taken. But because of Squatch, none of them wanted to hear it. So I don't use the word on this show, and I don't encourage the usage of that word on this show or in my chat rooms or wherever I am online, out of respect for Dr. Bader Dangle and the way that faux scientists and faux researchers have blown up this idiotic word like they know what they're doing. And, you know, it's funny. Jessica Jones, our cryptid huntress around here, before she got involved with Spaced Out Radio, she was a squatcher. Everything was squatch this, squatch that. And I finally said, Jessica, you know how I cannot take your research seriously? Is because you squatch. That's one thing I have learned. Is people who want to play the roles of these researchers, investigators, what they do is they they start using the trendy words right off the bat. Okay, what's trending? Squatch is trending. Okay, so we're going to use that. I'm going squatching this weekend. <laughs> okay, to me, it makes you sound like a fool. And I have now interviewed enough people in this cryptid world to learn very easily that if you use the word squatch, I know your research is garbage. I know it's bogus. I know that you're just a weekend warrior who is going out into the field hoping to have an experience, a sighting, or maybe find a footprint. That's it. There's nothing to your research. There's nothing serious about it because those who are looking seriously into it don't go squatching. No, they don't squatch at all. Okay, what they are using is they are using terms like hominid. They are using terms like gigantopithecus. They are using terms like Sasquatch, Bigfoot, Wild Man, Wild Hairy Man, and many others. But they don't squatch. Great researchers out there don't have time to play the hillbilly game that Sasquatch research has become. Oh, and it's not just Sasquatch research that does it. The paranormal is famous for this too. Okay? The paranormal... (coughs) Excuse me. The paranormal has their own issues. For instance, Team Skeptics. You go onto a paranormal team's website and there's always the one dude standing on the side, on the side with his arms crossed, looking sternly at the camera and his title, Team Skeptic. 
What in the hell do you need a team skeptic for? You should be skeptic on your own to try and break down what is real and what is not. Okay? You should be on your own to learn that your own senses, your own ability are going to try and find rational explanations to what is going on. It's not the idiocy of having a team skeptic. Or the other thing, this is the other thing that picks my hide about the paranormal, is when you have these teams come on. This is why I don't do a lot of paranormal teams. I used to, but I found a pattern in them that I didn't appreciate. They all say, we are conducting scientific investigation of the paranormal phenomena. You know the best way to confuse a paranormal investigator? Ask them what they do with their evidence while we collect it. Great. What do you do with it afterwards? Well, what do you mean? We collect our evidence, we go through it, and that's what we do. Okay, but what do you do with it afterwards? Well, what do you mean? Well, are you going to other groups and maybe uh, siding with each other to see if you you could correlate any of the evidence? Oh, no, no, we don't do that. Are you taking the evidence to show the person in their home or their place of business what you found? Some will say yes. But here's the thing, people. None of these paranormal groups are conducting anything scientific. The only thing scientific that they have are their phones that they're using for EVPs, their tape recorders that they are using for EVPs, their cameras, their fake apps that don't work, okay, along with their equipment. When they set up their equipment, they say they are conducting scientific investigation. Well, if we Google what is a scientific say scientific uh, hypothesis. <clears throat> it says a hypothesis, it's an idea or proposition that can be tested by observation or experiments around the natural world. Okay? A scientific experiment has a number of things in it. It has a theory, it has a hypothesis, it has the experiment, it has the results, and then the conclusion. How many, how many paranormal groups are actually doing that? Extremely few. Less than 2%. Probably less than 1%. So when I hear paranormal teams telling me that they are conducting scientific uh, investigations, I know they're garbage. They're bogus. It's much like when you go to a carnival and you spend the 20 bucks to get your, your, your palm red or your future through a crystal ball and they're telling you everything that you would tell yourself if you were fake. 
Oh, the lottery seems to be picking up. You're a real family man. You're very hardworking. Your hands tell me that that you're you're very, very intense with what you do. You're a perfectionist. Oh, yeah, we've heard it all. We've heard it all. Last time I went to one of them palm readers at a carnival was this summer. And the lady is handing me the BS. Oh, you need to, you're a very lucky man. You need to start playing your lottery numbers from all the birthdays of your children, your grandchildren, and your parents and your partner. And you're going to win very soon. I can feel it. So old Davy has not bought a ticket lately and checked all the numbers and very rarely has one birthday number come up at all. No. No. So what did I do in retaliation? I asked her point blank, because I am kind of intuitive. I asked her point blank, I said, tell me about the ghost in your house that walks the hallway upstairs by your bathroom. I knew it was a man. I knew it was from about 1930, 1940. And I said, why does he keep sitting on the brown chair downstairs? She goes, well, that was my uncle's chair. He liked it. How am I going to know that? It's not guessing. The pictures just come in your head. Put her to shame. UAPs. You know my feeling on UAPs. Every piece of information, if you go back and look at the UAP, shows that it is a man-made object. We've heard generals talk about UAPs. We've heard politicians talk about UAPs. We've heard the public talk about UAPs, Lou Elizondo, Tom, uh, Tom DeLong, and everybody in between's all UAP'd off. But in the end, what's a UFO? A UFO is something we don't know. UAP is what we know as man-made. It's already been proven. We just don't want to accept it. So, if you're a squatcher, if you're a skeptic, if you are the scientific experimentation paranormal team or a UAP lover, time to wake up because you're not reading the information properly and we don't have enough time or enough room for that type of information. That is your Dave 101 this week. Thank you for tuning us in. Tell me what you think. If you're on YouTube and watching this, leave a comment below and let me know. Am I right? Am I wrong? Well, let's get to the news. What time is it? It's time for Shirky Pooh's News. Oh, here's a beauty to start with. A woman has filed a lawsuit against Walt Disney World in Orlando, claiming she suffered an injurious wedgie following a painful ride at the theme park's Typhoon Lagoon. The complaint was filed September 27th in Orange County, Florida, by Emma and Edward McGinnis. They are seeking $50,000 in damages after the 33-year-old Emma allegedly suffered injuries by the couple's visit to the popular water park in October 2019 for her birthday. Oh, great. So you wait three years to try and cash in. 
Good for you. The suit details have his horrific trip down the Humunga Kamabunga attraction, which features three body tubes totaling 65 meters in length and comes to an end following a nearly five-story plunge in the dark at nearly 65 kilometers an hour. Emma, who said in the suit that she was wearing a one-piece bathing suit, alleged that no one explained safety protocols, such as the necessity for riders to cross one leg over the other, and that women would be at greater risk for injuries due to their anatomy and swimwear. When a rider of the slide reached the bottom of the ride and traveled into the pool water designed to stop further travel, the force of the water can push loose garments into a person's anatomy, an event known as a wedgie. So basically, yep, she got her shoved right up there. Mm-hmm. And she didn't like it. Nope. Because of a woman's anatomy, the risk of a painful wedgie is more common and more serious than it is for a man. She suffered what she described as an injurious wedgie, which could have been avoided if Disney had instructed her on proper clothing to wear while on the Humunga Kawabunga ride. Three years. Did it take her three years to get the wedgie out? This is what I want to know. Okay? Because if it took three years to finally dig that sucker out. Okay? then I can understand why they're filing now. Otherwise, cash grab that they'll probably win. A man who married a 71-year-old woman when he was 18 took to social media to honor his baby doll on her 80th birthday. Gary Hardwick, soon to be 26, and his wife of eight years, Almeida, are still going strong after meeting at her son's funeral in 2015. Happy birthday to the most amazing wife in the world, Gary posted on Instagram with an accompanying photo of Alameda. Today is not only your day, but most importantly, today is about celebrating the birth of such a wonderful and true woman with a such a heart of gold. Ah, oh, beautiful. Hey, they're in love. I don't, I don't mind the age gap. I'm the luckiest husband for every day that I get to wake up beside you. You make me the happiest man each and every day, and I want to always make you the happiest woman. Gary continued, you deserve the world until my last breath. I'm sure hers will come first. And I'll always work hard to give you that. All of my happiness moments and more are moments I share with you. Oh, isn't that nice? Isn't it? The couple married three weeks after meeting at the funeral, then again at a children's birthday party. Despite the age difference, both Gary and Almeida insist that their relationship is the real deal. And here's the sickening part. You can all check it on out because they have an OnlyFans page where they have fully explicit content. If that doesn't make you shrug and shiver and crunch your teeth together... I don't know what will. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. 
YouTube, Twitch, LGAB, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. And if you're Canadian, drive safe this Thanksgiving weekend. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.